Phoenix Down Radio is on the air. Welcome, everybody, to Phoenix Down Radio, episode number 120. I am your host, Klaus Nightbringer, and joining me, we have a, uh, a lovely bunch of coconuts. We've got Sarah Timono. Hi, Sarah. How's it going? Hi, everyone. I'm not dead. Unless I am. Is this purgatory? You have to tell me if it's purgatory and you're a cop. Uh, <laughs> well, I'm not a cop, so... Oh, if, we, if I'm a cop, I'm like Peralta, so we're screwed. We also have a uh, Talas Marvelous. Hey, Talas, how's it going? It's going better now that my mic is unmuted. How's everybody going? <laughs> uh, going well. And we have a special guest. Uh, if you see on the couch in that uh, that dirty beastman uh, uniform over there, we have joining us uh, former host and uh, current host of Moogle Go Round Radio. We have Chili. Welcome back to the show. Thank you. Hello, everyone. It's been a while. Uh, I have to object to your characterization, Klaus. Chili has covered his face and hair, unlike that dirty hussy on your side. Yeah. <laughs> We're not on Judge, the first. I am a naked potato, and I'm very happy about it. And Chili is a jacketed potato. Mmm. Mm. Okay, right, where are we? All right, now that now that we we're done uh, uh, saying all those neat, mean, nasty things about Lollafells, uh, <laughs> um, welcome everybody. Um, like I said, we hit a nice milestone with 120 episodes. Um, we're glad everybody's able to join us through all of these interesting times. Um, like many of you out there, we are still stuck in quarantine here, um, but. Uh, Doing the best we can to get by. Like here in Minnesota, they've extended the stay-at-home orders um, through May 18th. Now, I don't know what it's like over in Washington or California or England. California, I, I think. To I want to say the start of June, uh, they actually just furloughed a bunch of the uh, unbenefited library employees. So I'm very glad that I moved up last year. Okay. As if we weren't bad heard... enough for you to get that promotion. Yikes. Woo! I've heard talks that they're hoping to get schools to be reopened in June, but I really doubt it. Yeah, I know uh... for, for us, the school year ends in June, so um, in, in-person school has been canceled. Um, yep. We don't even know what's going to happen with graduation. Well, I mean, I've also heard talks that... Um, if it gets delayed, if there's no school year this year, then everyone that's get missed this year is going to be put back a year. That doesn't seem right. It's going to be really awkward. Yeah. It's going to have to, we're going to have to do something for sure. I mean, because like, be we have distance yeah. learning going on right now. So school is technically con- continuing, but they're just not, yeah. it's not in a classroom uh, sen- um, setting. So people will still be able to graduate. People will still be able to move on to the next grade, at least here. But um, just the fact that they're not doing it in person or in a classroom um, and the fact that there may not actually be uh, an actual graduation ceremony, um, at least in June, like there normally would be. That's our biggest issue right now. But for those areas that aren't doing distance learning or um, anything like that, and they're having to set back a year, ouch. 
Well, we don't really have ceremonies here except for like university. You don't have a graduation ceremony for high school? Not really, no. Wow. That's like a a huge stepping stone here in America for for uh for kids. It's not you know, gr- really graduating a thing high here. school At is, least not is when a... I was a kid. Weird. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I, I, I... college and university really and that's about for it. Sure. Hmm, interesting. Um I know I suppose a, a lot of places would consider um college to be almost like a extension of public education because it's included a lot of times it's you know you don't have to pay for yeah like like we do here in the u.s i mean college here is realistically it's it's um not a requirement at all but it's a not a requirement places- here but you're very sort of pushed towards it especially when you've left school gotta uh, take because- your a levels and your o levels yeah because once you get pushed what uh, because it's basically at least i don't know anymore but when i went to college like 15 years ago. Um, God, it has been yeah, that no, long, hasn't old. it? Um, when you turn 16, if you went to college as soon as you turned 16, uh, it, all your college was funded until you're 18. Hmm, interesting, because for If us, you're in a low-income house. See, we our high school graduation is af- basically after you're 18. Yeah. Most yeah people college is 16 in England. Okay, so you ah. basically go through 10th grade. Yeah. In that case, yeah. college is sixteen, and then university is like normally like depending on what you've done at college. It would be like True. you could do two years, yeah. which would be kind of like a uh, an associate's degree yeah. here, or you could continue yeah, with a four year degree and get a, and B-tech. get an actual bachelor's. Yeah, I did a BTEC national diploma. Did that in about three years. Okay, it's a, so it is a, a quite a different system than what maybe we're used yeah. to here in, in the U.S. So that, sure. that's interesting to know. And that's when probably why that, you guys don't have, you know, like for us, our senior year in high school is, you know, a big thing because the biggest thing on yeah. that is we go from being a kid to an adult, almost li- literally because you're 18 years old now. Yeah. They'll have like an event for it, but it won't be like what you're describing. They might have like the assembly hall and okay. there'll be a few people there, but it would take place during the normal because we'd have like assembly in the mornings. Okay. Where everyone would meet up and it'd just be... Well done, you did it. And then everyone leaves. Mm. Ah. Whereas for us, it, it, it happens as a separate event. It usually takes a couple hours. Yeah. Um, there's speeches from the, the staff, from the, the graduating class. There's musical numbers. There's... Oh, God, um, not having like that. Congratulations, you passed. Bye. Yeah, there's actually the the, uh, the, 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 pl- the diploma ceremony where, you know, the kids actually go up on stage and are given their diplomas one at a time. You know, it's it's a big thing. I see that's uh, that's yeah. university here. Well, we have that at we have that at college too. But uh, like, I said, uh, we for, don't even really have that at college, to be honest. And the, depending on the course, remember that college and university mean very different things outside of the U.S. <sighs> that's true. For the U.S., it's it, it, college and university can sometimes be used interchangeably, even though they are very different yeah. things. I think. College a university generally... is a collection of colleges. A college is a institute of higher learning. So, like, you can have a college of yeah. humanities. You can have a college of sciences. You can have a college of et cetera, et cetera. See, that's completely different here because over here, a college is just higher learning. And then university is, like, for rich yep. people. It's actually really difficult when I was uh, teaching in, like, South Korea and teaching in Japan. I was like, no, I went to a college, but I have a bachelor's degree. And they just looked at me like I was completely insane. 
because like that was not a thing that you could do yeah because i went to a college not a university to get my va so it was a whole weird huh. shenanigan thing terminology's weird language is crazy yes it is moving on <laughs> but uh yeah i mean it's kind of interesting to have these discussions because i mean it's one of those things you take for granted and you know living in a certain area so kind of nice to hear another perspective on that um especially you know when we're going through some interesting times it's kind of nice to know how things are going you know learning has taken place yes i hope you guys all feel better or for, for knowing more I, I, yeah, and exactly. knowing is half the battle. <laughs> GI Chili. Yay. All right. Um, hopefully, this whole thing blows over soon. You know, people do the right thing, you know, keep the, stopping the spread. And uh, I don't know. It's affecting us all very differently. Um, some days I'm all right, some days I feel kind of unsure i think we all kind of go through that um it's it's tough to really put to words what this is actually doing to us um but weird things if anybody out there listening wants to talk about it needs somebody to listen you know you you can always uh um stop by our discord um let me put the Discord link in the chat here. If I can spell. You're always welcome to stop by and say hi. Um, we have a community of really amazing people uh, who just want to, you know, help one another out. You know, give you a, you know, a thumbs up or a uh, just some encouraging words. You know, sometimes it, all that helps. And we're here to, to be good people to one another, I guess, is what I'm trying to say, so... Um, Be excellent to each other. And party on, dude! <laughs> Sorry. I'm so happy that's getting a new movie, by the way. Yeah, Me that'll, too. Be, that'll be nice. Um, so, yeah, if you... Otherwise, you can always email us, podcast at phoenixstarmradio.com or hit us up on Twitter at radio, and uh, engage with us however you want. We are here for you guys as much as... Uh, you guys are here for us, I guess. So with that being said, um, I didn't talk about a ton of news this week because there's really two major things that we want to talk about today. First one being Final Fantasy 14 producer live letter 58. We got our first glimpse and first bit of information about patch 5.3. Um, did anybody here catch that live? I no. did not. Yeah, because it was at, what, ass 30 in the morning or something like that last week? I set an alarm, and I slept straight through it. <laughs> I was awake for unrelated reasons, but just didn't feel <laughs> up to it. I was awake in a thought, eh. Even if I had been awake, I'm not sure that I would have actually really been interested to watch it. I think it, that's just been my my mood on things like that. I'm more interested to, to to read up about it after the, the fact. There's probably a little bit of anhedonia in there, too. And, well, the fact that... I know there are a few groups that are still... I believe they're, um, like, um, who is it? Mogmog? I believe it's still doing live translation. 
or they have in the past. I don't. I didn't see if if they did a live translation for this particular one. Um, but uh, well, Reddit normally does a live translation on their Discord. It's okay, what yeah. all the other streamers use. Okay. Um, yeah, I know. I know. Yeah, the subreddit will uh, for fourteen will do a, a lot of that too. Um, but I know Mogmog, who is a carry of light, I believe, on the subreddit has her own discord yeah. and has uh, done it in the past. I don't know if they did it for this one. That's all. Um, but um, so, yeah, Reddit had a uh, mega thread talking about it, as well as our friends at Nova Casales and Gamer Escape. I'll just copy all of this information into the discord. Hopefully it works. So there's where we kind of pulled some of our, our information that we're going to be using to discuss tonight. Um, first thing they talked about was the elephant in the room, uh, COVID-19, and the impact that it has had on the development process for Final Fantasy XIV. Um, at this point, or at, at the point of the live letter, um, Yoshida had said um, they're expecting about a one to two week delay on the release of patch 5.3. Um, they initially wanted to have it out about early June, I believe they said. So we're looking late June, early July at this point for the next uh, next patch. For 5.3. And just to be clear, they're not saying anything about what impact it's going to have for the later patches. This is just the yeah. impact for 5.3. Correct. So we're not sure if it's going to have any more huge impact on 5.4 or 5.3 1 5.3 5 5.36 all the little 5.4 yeah and everything going further out exactly um what they have said so far that uh, they are able to do testing and debugging from home um these uh support staff at square enix did an amazing job at uh, getting them set up with um remote access uh dev kits and things like and and um, VPN access in order to access internal servers and do most of the work that they could do from their desk in Tokyo, or if they were, I think he was speaking more on the main office, but I'm sure that the other offices are doing similar things as well. So they've got uh, some access there, and they also commented that voice acting has been recorded. And uh, everything for 5.3 has been um, taken, and uh, they're working on getting that integrated now. So, well, I'm not surprised about that because uh, I got lucky to talk with Robon's voice actor last year at KupoCon, mm -hmm. and he mentioned that a lot of the voice actors um, don't even get to meet each other. Because they just sort of go, they're like invited one at a time to go and record mm -hmm. different times. As well and as I, so, where they are, they might go to like a local studio to do their recording. I've also yeah. heard from other voice actors. Um, uh, I actually uh, had met, um, um, I think it was Fancred's voice actor um, at uh, Detour last year. And uh, he has a home studio. And has done a lot yeah. of recording from home and is able to send files off that way. I mean, oh, heck, nice. even yeah. we realistically could do voice acting stuff here if we wanted to or voiceover work, you know, 
having. If you want me to voice over your podcast, contact me <laughs> <laughs> for business inquiries. <laughs> hit, hit Chili's the best voice actor ever at gmail.com. <laughs> Hashtag not a real address until Hashtag Chili creates it. <laughs> but no, I mean, with the quality of technology now nowadays, like I said, I mean, realistically, I have just about everything that I would need to do voiceover work right here. Yeah. So. I think one of the things that's come out of uh, this entire pandemic is people really seeing just how much stuff can be done remotely. Yeah, I mean, because well, that was actually a reason to try. Mm-hmm. I mean, granted, you know, people liked having it in a studio, and that makes sense because they have the highest quality stuff. They have full control over the every aspect of quality when it comes to the, the voice acting at that point. But a lot of people can come up with a solution that is 90, 90% or better or you know, a little higher as close to the, the studio experience. So it, people are getting a lot more resourceful because, well, necessity we is a mother invention right now. So this is true. It's also why you can't find half of the stuff you need on, on online anymore. I mean, have you seen how f- much um, a lot of the uh, streaming equipment has sold out? Yeah. Yeah. I was meaning to uh, get a webcam, and if I want to order use from some third-party thing at triple retail, I can do that. And otherwise, everything's out of stock. Yeah. Um, I, I was looking at the potential of upgrading my setup from my webcam to a DSLR. Nobody has a cam link available. Little USB stick from Elgato used to uh, take a HDMI signal and convert it in and bring it into your, your system. All sold out. Not available anywhere except for on eBay for exorbitant prices. Do so, not recommend. Do not recommend, exactly. Unless you have a huge business need for it. If it's something you're looking at doing on an amateur level... Wait until they restock. Yeah, Corsair is working on it. They've uh, been trying to be as open as possible about uh, their situation right now. I mean, they're just as affected as we are. So their production is diminished. So the amount of uh, stuff that's available for us to purchase is, uh, is not what it used to be. So we, there's a lot of stuff we have to get used to right now. Tis true. I mean, even the laptop that I'm uh, waiting on is uh, on back order. I'm hoping that it uh, it's supposed to arrive tomorrow or Tuesday at Newegg, and then it should be shipped out at that point. But, uh, yeah, I'll, I mean, it's all just been insane just because people needed to work from home or streamers are using this time to upgrade their equipment because they're going to be doing a lot more streaming. I mean... It's true. I mean, even here, I think my the amount of streaming I've been doing has doubled since uh, since the the stay at home order hit. So yeah. you just can't get the stuff. Also, Sarah, if you if you want help trying to find a decent uh, price one, I can maybe uh, help you out. Uh, I'll follow up with you afterwards. Yeah, no problem. I just figured I would uh, throw that out there yes, for you yes. to see if there's something I can help with. Yes, I'm interested. Just don't want to get into it too much right now, but I'll That's follow up with you. Fair enough. All right. Um, so let's jump into the information we have about patch 5.3. 
Uh, Reflections in Crystal. Interesting title. Yeah. Uh, there's a it? lot of things that are going to be happening. They kind of hit us with a lot of information super fast in this live letter. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, number one. Changes to the A Realm Reborn main scenario quests. Yeah. Crystal yeah. Tower and My Little Chocobo are required to complete ARR. It is also required to do 5.3. Yes. But, I mean, the yeah. fact that they made CT required for ARR, I mean, that's probably yeah. why it's... Because, I mean, they're needing it for 5.3, so they figure, well... Let's just make it a uh, added into the main scenario. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of like a backfill aspect to it. Yeah. So here's an interesting thing: what happens to the one poor bastard that started in like March and has mainlined the crap out of this game and is currently in Shadowbringers, but never did CT? Just goes do they back. Have to go back now. They and do. do a level well, fifty yeah. dungeon. Well, they do I if mean, they want to get um, access to the new content in five point three. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be really weird to be like, okay, I know you're level 80 and I level 485 across the board. Here, go do this level 50 quest. Well, I mean, it, this is something that they said um, the last live letter, that uh, Crystal yeah. Tower is going to be a requirement for upcoming content. And in general, they've kind of, like, there's kind of, here's the main line, and then here's the side stories. And they start, there's always been kind of a clear division that's starting to be less clear of a division now. Well, the yeah. entire fact that the Crystal Tower is a main element in, in Norvrant, um, yeah. it, it, that, it, that basically tells us now at this point, yeah, we should have made this uh, main scenario from the beginning. I mean, it's, it's a great well, story. Well, also remember there was a lot of, um, well, there was a lot of contro- not controversy, but you got to remember there was a lot of um, issues when the Realm Reborn launched. Because the Realm Reborn, uh, Crystal Tower wasn't actually supposed to launch with a Realm Reborn. Um, it was actually supposed to be the um, eight-man raid at launch. It was supposed to be eight-man raid, and then twenty-four man. Um, but because they had issues with the eight-man, they delayed the eight-man till the patch, and they had Crystal Tower later. So that could also be why they never adding part of MSQ because mm. they had to pull it forward. Well, I thought that 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 didn't come in till uh, two point two though. Well, either way, there was an issue with the eight-man raid. And... and the other thing to keep in mind is this is 2.0 stuff. Uh, usually they're designing an expansion. like It's a type of thing where they yeah. release Stormblood and they've started on uh, Shadowbringers. But that's like one expansion ahead. We're talking three expansions ahead. They probably didn't yeah. know they were, that's where they were going with this. Mm, yeah, they, they don't have it you know, mapped out that degree. Um, they have it mapped out to that degree. That yeah, yeah, not yeah. that not to that degree. But, um, I mean, I, I guess knowing what we know now, it makes sense to have it required. Um, but it fits in with some other things that we're going to be talking about in a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. It'll make more sense when we get down we'll get to it. into the bottom. The, uh, I suspect the My Little Chocobo quest completion uh, is for things like, I remember uh, at the end of the Heavens, uh, how you are flying on Midgard's uh, Sormer when you get out of that one cutscene. If you don't actually have the ability to ride mounts unlocked yet, that's kind of awkward. Yeah. Yeah. That is true. It's just like, hey, we've given you a fun thing in a cutscene that you can't actually do. Or actually, well, here's the weirdest part about that. I thought it was been a requirement anyway. 
Look at Praetorium. You're riding on a on a uh, um. Oh yeah, you all uh, ride out on a Magitek. Yeah. There. I mean, Her there's name oh is yeah. Maggie. There's an yeah. entire section where you're blowing shit up with a with Maggie. Thank you. <laughs> That's a very good section. It, it's one. It's my favorite section of, of uh, MSQ Roulette. So. Yeah. It's a pretty great Netflix section. and Chill Roulette. <laughs> yeah, yeah, God, Anime Roulette or whatever it's called, because God knows we're not paying attention to it anymore. Welcome to Cinematorium. Sit back yeah. and enjoy your Netflix queue. <laughs> I mean, I usually at least take a few to watch the burgeoning robots between Sid and Nero and to tell my entire party about it. <laughs> In painstaking <laughs> detail. Do. They gon' bang. How do you know they already didn't? And and that's why Nero's so upset because Sid left and, and didn't leave Okay, his do you really want my head cannon on this? Yes, yes. But, but not right now. Why didn't you return my text? <laughs> <laughs> we, we can make that into a, a, a Lorebrarian segment in an upcoming episode. Oh, yeah, Lorebrarian Padvik. <laughs> Welcome Ad to Phoenix Down Radio. Whisper After sound dark. effects to board. Okay, and we're there's demonetized. Like a Kenny G board game where you uh, try to be a sexy saxophone man? Please, God, no. All right. <laughs> Moving on. Um, there's going to be a new dungeon, the Hero's Gauntlet, which is going to be trust-enabled, as all new dungeons are right now. Um, I didn't see any, or I didn't look at any pictures of the Hero's Gauntlet. I'm kind of wanting to go into it blind, honestly. I already have a theory of what that's going to be. Oh? I mean, it's in the name of it. What happened at the end of 5.2? I forgot already. Oh shit! Okay, so oh yeah, and look yeah, at yeah, the yeah, sky yeah, in yeah, that yeah. picture. Look Ugh. to the top left of the picture. Hold on a sec. Let me get to back to that point. No, look, I kind of know what you're thinking. Yeah, all right. Wait, which picture are we talking about? I only see one it. picture of uh, the hero's gauntlet, and it shows some trees. Look at the sky to the top left. Oh. Oh. I must be looking um, at a different picture than you guys. Are you looking? I'm, I'm oh, on the Nova Crystallis page right now. Yeah, there's trees. Yeah. And trees. then if you look at the top left. Very top left. There's like a very, very, very top left. I can't see that very well. Let me see. Let me, I have to there. make it bigger. Yeah, make it bigger. That's what she said. Ah. <laughs> I still can't tell. I, 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 I see just a, a little, uh, it almost looks like a, just a stick or some sort of line or something up in that Or corner. perhaps a falling star. Uh, some yeah. sort of trail. I mean, that's a possibility that it might be a... a, a, a so, a, I mean... Yeah, okay. I, you, I, I get got, that too, but it's, it's not how is easy it that, to pick how up. How is it that we make new warriors of light? Uh, we we, we yep. get them on uh, Tinder. Okay, sure. But also star showers? <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. Is, is it possible that that is what that is? Okay, possible. And what did we have a lot of in the end of the last patch? Tombstones. Uh, I mean, we all have a load of those. That's but... very true. <laughs> we, we, we I had thought a, you mean a... old phones. <laughs> we, we, we also had a lot of worthless uh, materials from the diadem. 
completely useless materials from Tia Town. <laughs> I know what you're saying. Okay. Yeah, there was yeah. a lot of people who were just con- changed over. Yes. So, is it possible? I hope we don't have to fight them now, because that would be bad. We're going to fight them. But, I mean, I am kind of curious as to what Elodibus's game is here. In Crystarium. That's the dungeon, is Crystarium. <laughs> oh, boy. Right. Fighting around the world. Oh, See, I, that... I don't know. I'm just. I guess I'm just not feeling the whole wild speculation tonight. But um, that's fair. Maybe maybe we can discuss it when we get a little bit more information about the dungeon. Because I mean, there really wasn't a ton that that I saw. Maybe I maybe it wasn't written down in in the different digests. But um, uh, the only stuff I'm seeing is that it uh, again mentioned that it was with the trust system and that it's yeah. somehow related to Lakeland. Okay, so yeah. then, then I'm 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 not missing anything, or it wasn't well. Um, I'm just going off what happened, and then the the picture. Okay, all right. So. Um, as Chili kind of alluded to, I I think it was pre-show or maybe it was right at the beginning of the episode. Um, we're getting a new beast tribe. We're getting the damn dirty dwarves. Yeah, the superior beast tribe. No, like I guess that we already got the uh, the pixies. Yeah, we already got That's the so delightful. Um, this is going to be a crafting-focused um, tr- beast tribe. So if you don't have all of your crafters to 80, what have you been doing with your life? But now you can Nothing. get it even. So I don't level crafters. I mean, this... See, though, in, like, why this, are they shoving us into crafting so hard? Well, this is Got basically bitches. the crafting and gathering expansion, Okay. Is basically what the, what this is. How else are you going to rebuild a shattered world? One uh, yeah. one crystal at a time. But yeah, so if if you've been working on getting your your beast tribes up to about seventy, using things like the Ishgard restoration, other beast tribes, or just spamming through leaves, this will be a great way for you to go from seventy to eighty. Uh, Using story mode and uh, having some fun with the dwarves. I mean, awesome. I, I I will say I love the stories that come out of the beast tribes. Uh, I really enjoyed the uh, the Katari. It was a really cute storyline with the, with the <laughs> gathering and all that, and I liked how you could kind of write your own history. <laughs> yeah, I made all the history positive because I felt bad for them. Yeah, well, that it was the. the it was basically. I have a mixture the, of positive and. Well, I'm not like peaceful less positive. and more. Like peaceful and more warlike. Also, thing I want to throw in there, given all this, we are eventually going. To Pixies, Kitari, Dwarves quest. Yes, oh, with yeah. with a half naked uh, um, Makote. Oh God! I hope he didn't make it to the first somehow. <laughs> It's gonna be like his um his, yeah, his, yeah, his, his shard. Whatever his first I mean this is the first time is. I've done all the beast tribes. I've never bothered doing them in any other one. Well you only want to do it so you can make sure that you can do all the dwarf stuff, right? Yeah. And so, that, and so you can get a candy house. Yeah, because I like the pixies and I like the Kutari. Yeah, so. they they've done a, a really good job with these. Um they made it so it's not so much of a slog. Those those realm reborn beast tribes took a long time. Granted, we By the way, had those a lot are going to be so much it. easier now that we've got flying. 
Well, we'll get flying. Oh yeah. Hey, you're you're you're, you're jumping ahead here. Oh sorry. We're not there yet. Um, so continuing on, um, we could probably keep, or at least Chili could keep talking about the dwarves for about an hour or so, but we don't have that kind of time. Uh, but <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll do a, uh, uh, maybe a, a cross promotion with uh, Moogle Run and, and do a, uh, a Dwarven special, maybe. The Wolf Cast. <laughs> the Dwarf Cast. Um, the Sora of Werelet quest line will continue uh, with additional story. There will not be a trial added to this. So we're not going to fight, what is it? Um, Sapphire, Sapphire Weapon. Sapphire. Okay. But we're, it, it looked like we were going to see it. At least they showed a um, a screenshot of yeah, what, yeah, it, that's what it, I th I think it's gonna be um, um sapphire. At least it looks it has no. some blue in it. It looks more like something that Sid has made because yeah. it looks like an Ironworks version of a weapon. That'd be kind of neat. Troubling in its own way, but interesting. Yeah, I mean, I I, I see mean, what you're saying because it's, it's kind of got the blue and the orange uh color scheme to it. Yeah, yeah. And, and and Sid is standing in front of it. Yeah, it's not attacking us, and it's just stood there. But who knows? I I don't see uh, an Ironworks uh, emblem on it, though. You know, because well, if Sid were designing this, it would have some giant arm sh uh, shield or something, and it would have the the crest emblazoned on it for everybody to see from like twenty miles away. Probably gonna get that later on probably going to transform into like just a, it just transforms that it's just the Ironworks logo <laughs> <laughs> it's just the logo nothing else it's fine and it just sits there no oh, anyway Lord. so we're going to get more storyline on that we're going to see how that advances but at least it's going to continue on the story and um, it's uh, this is again one of those things where it used to be uh, alternating patches. We get like either one or the other developing. Now we're having even in the off uh, patch for a given cycle, like we're still getting developments in it. We don't have to wait two patches to see more of the story. I like that yeah, kind because of, yeah, that, kind of like what they did with the twenty-four man because we got some of that outside the the normal patch cycle. It, it yeah. keeps it relevant in the uh, the the player's mind. Two but, patches is. It is a very long time to wait for. I mean, it's all. We also got, um, yeah. I was gonna say we got some more from the um, the, the eight man, but no, we didn't in uh, five point one, did we? I don't think it was any quest for that, was there? Um, I don't think so. I don't think so. And they haven't mentioned anything about anything coming in five point three, but I mean that's something that so much of the player base uh, just waits for. So I think that it's they probably feel confident that they don't need the reminder. Just a thought. Yeah. Plus, you don't want to extend the story. Well, it's, I guess it'll tie into the MSQ slightly with 5.3, probably. Yeah, maybe. We'll see. There was some, there was some tie-ins with the MSQ in the last patch. A lot of our usual rules are kind of out the window. Yeah, well, because yeah. mainly for the fact that two of the people involved are not going to be there soon, potentially. Because well, you... Had to do MSQ to get the last cutscene in the in the this tier. So yep, right, exactly. Um, so there, where the trial is going to be added is in MSQ. Uh, they're going to keep it a secret, so they haven't said anything about it yet. But there will be a normal and a extreme version available um, for players to go through, which means there's probably also going to be a, a weapon available through that as well. 
Nice. I'm hoping it, they actually don't put a weapon in there, though, to be honest with you. I don't know what... No, there would be, would there be a weapon. Well, the last one didn't have weapons. It was actually tokens to upgrade armor. Well, that's because it's relic. Yeah, I'm just trying to work out what this weapon would be because right now, four eight, I guess four ninety five maybe. Yeah, well, it depends because the other thing they're adding in is um, they um, we'll, we'll talk about that in here in a little bit because that's a little further yeah. on the list. Um, so they're not adding an eight man raid, but they're adding the second chapter of the twenty four man raid, uh, the Yorha uh, Dark Apocalypse raid, uh, called the Puppets Bunker. Did you yeah, guys ever play? That game, by the way, near no. I didn't. No. I have too many other things. It, 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 I've heard though that that's in the that's an important part of the game. If I'm right, it's the ship. Okay. Looking at the picture, it it looks like it could be like some sort of spaceship. It's, it if looks, I'm right, it's the spaceship where the androids are stored. Yeah, there's some sort of ring style. Uh, um structure that yeah. looks to be in ruins we don't know yeah, it, is um, it a ship is it a building or what it is or a space station type of thing i mean it, uh, it, it looks like a... the... go ahead hang on if it's going off of the original uh near automata stuff it's kind of a spaceship yeah i guess uh, i'm going to picture yeah, it's, yeah, I was going to say, it, it has a similar design to a ring-style space station that you would see in a lot of science fiction um, movies or um, artwork. But, There's um, a picture for you, Klaus. Yeah, I, I see it in the, in the chat there, or in, in yeah. our, our, our Discord. Um, mm -hmm. like I said, it, it's very similar to a lot of similar style um, space stations in other Yeah. Now, um, this is one that actually... But actually threw a lot of people for a loop because given uh, what had come up in the little uh, inter uh, rank, in the quest in between, uh, they thought it was going to be pulling another near automata area, the, the carnival park. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, the, the, the name was, they, they called it some dark carnival yeah. or something like that. Didn't they? And uh, the, uh, the dwarves were talking about how they were setting up for their annual carnival. Yeah. But so, that like, might... there was a lot of references being dropped to that. But knowing uh, um, Yoko Taro, he went a different way. <laughs> oh, let's try this. Let's spray. We're going to go over there. If you saw that making of thing, he commented that we're going to have another 156 things. <laughs> Sarah, you're... you're, you're... <laughs> oh, was that further in the... Yes. Sorry. <laughs> you're fired. From a cannon. Uh, you know okay, I was hoping it. if I didn't say anything, you just wouldn't do that next line for once. <laughs> Nope. <laughs> I did uh, my so work. All right. Um, there will also be job adjustments, which will be discussed in the next live letter. Um, Daily Challenge Frontline is going to now include all Frontline campaigns. So if you really, 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 really like the uh, um, Onskal, whatever, the, the one in the uh, step, get it, get On your time in here. now. Yeah, get, get, your, get your time in now because yeah. it's going to open up to everything once 5.3 opens up. I really like that map. I really do. I haven't hit PvP in a long time. I, I suggest giving it a try. Get Is on it a good. Oh, it's really good. Um, no, I wouldn't say really good. I'd say the map is good. I like the gameplay of it. I mean, you, you, 
unless you are f lucky, it, it seems like they still stack the teams a little bit because I mean everybody goes in as a freelancer and you're assigned to a random uh, free co or grand company. And what what if grand company's fucking for at this point? Storyline. I guess yeah. aesthetics. Yeah, glamour. Um, different colors. Different colors. Um, but with that, I mean, I am seeing more of each grand company win now. Basically, I can As figure out. I, I pick out which one. Flames. Always no, or always Maelstrom or whatever. Yeah. You know, because it's splitting up some of the pre-mades because you can only queue up with four people, I believe. But if enough get lucky to get into the same group, you can kind of tell because they kind of take charge and that group just does amazing. They just um, dominate because they have yeah. voice chat. Or they're I just... mean, I've also been in ones where I was just showing up with a bunch of randoms, but there was one person who was like, okay, I know what I'm doing. I'm going to give direction and people listen to them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, if you can get some direction going with that and people follow it and stick with it, yeah. I mean, like I said, it, it makes for a really, really um, engaging um, PvP session. And, you know, it, it goes down to the wire where it's like, the the final score is like sixteen hundred to fifteen hundred to fourteen hundred. I've seen that, you know, and it goes for about eighteen minutes. And you as know, opposed to sixteen hundred, eleven hundred, three hundred. Yeah, I've had that too, and I've been on the three hundred teams. Where yeah, it they're sucks. just. But it's nice if you're trying to level up other jobs. If you have yeah. at least a level thirty job, queue up as that. Switch when you get in. Switch to a PvP class that you are more used to. And you will get the experience on the job you queued up as. Yeah, so they just want you in there. That's a good exploit. Oh my god! No, I've, I'm I've not been... sure it's even an exploit. I no. think it's working as intended. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because you can change I mean... jobs. Um, well, it used to be actually no, they they specifically changed it to do that for you because it used to be that you would go in. And you would get your experience based off of what class you are uh, um, at, currently at when the game ends. And this created the usual issues of, oh, hey, you would like to be this, but right now the team, like, you'd like to get experience on this job, but right now the team could really use more healers. Exactly. Like so, I mean, if you, you yeah. Know, yeah. So, if you wanted to go in and, you know, get experience on your monk, but, uh, you know, your, your group ends up needing a healer, you can switch to healer and your monk will still get experience. Yeah. It's really nice. It works. It works actually quite well. I, I most time will actually switch to dancer because dancer's a lot of fun in PvP. <laughs> so, so yeah. Um, so if you really want to get in your Ansal Hakir, um, keep going now because you've got about a month and a half until it uh, goes to everything, and it's going to be a shot in the dark as to what you get. Um, resistance weapons. We will get our first step in upgrading the weapons, and it's going to involve a large-scale instance called the Bojan Southern Front. It's going to be a Eureka-like experience, but um, yeah. the content will be different. So it's not going to be like they just reskinned uh, Eureka. But it's they gonna totally have a, don't make the same mistake twice. It's going to have a hundred-person cap per zone per instance. Um, and there's going to be two different ways that you can actually upgrade your weapon. 
Um, so, I mean, but the story they, with it is they still haven't replayed. really gotten much into the details on that yet. No, like. I haven't said much. Yeah, I mean, you're not shoehorned, and you have to do it this way. There's going to be a couple of different options. One might be a little more grindy, but uh, easier to do for an individual. And one might be where if you've got a group of people who are all all in to do it, you can do something that's a little bit more difficult, but takes so less it's time. Not, it's not going to be like Eureka was, where it's like, okay, you join the hunt train or you suck it. Exactly, which is kind of yeah. nice. Like I say, it's, it's going to be, do you want to uh, invest uh, time but make it, but it's easy to do with, with, you know, little difficulty, or do you want to make it a little more challenging, but require more interaction with the rest of the community? At least that's our speculation on how it'll work. Exactly. I don't know. I, I don't yeah. know 100%. Just remember this won't launch with 5.3. It'll probably, yeah, probably 5.31, 5. No, I can, I can personally confirm 5.35. Really? Yeah. Did they hmm. just mention that? Because it, it didn't say that. Um, actually... Do you um, have yeah the uh, the writer for the uh, storyline from yeah you know, the uh, what's it who, who did the Final Twelve? He asked people what he, they thought on Twitter of the story. Oh yeah, and I responded. Uh, I said, "Oh yeah, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a good relic story." And then he said, "Oh thank you." I said, "Oh thank you," and I look forward to future patches. And he responded to me saying, "Oh yeah, next pa next story will be five point three five." I'm like, oh. "Okay then, thanks." <laughs> He also drops some. I think we talked. Did we talk about it before? Vagrant story connection. I don't recall. It's possible. I guess. Uh. So, uh, in the thing where he was soliciting the requests and comments and like, he did discuss a little bit some of the elements, like the going into memories and trying to find the bits where people were uh, papering over. Was drawing from a lot of elements that they had been using when they were developing a vagrant story sequel that never actually ended up being made. I. I, oh, I right. But he's a type. He's the type who goes through all that development, prepares a story in detail. So he saw it as a chance to use some of those elements. I mean, that makes sense. I mean, why, you know, waste something that, you know, could potentially have a use somewhere else? You know, might as well just repurpose it. All right. I was really happy when he responded to me. That is mm -hmm. cool. I thought maybe you had some like other inside information or something that you just talked about. Multiple NDAs, but <laughs> if I had that, I wouldn't be saying them here, would I? I know, I know. Yeah. You're, you're you're very professional, Chili, and we appreciate. You that. have more sense than that. Not a lot, but a little. <laughs> um, just kidding. Um, so there's also going to be some new uh, uh, disciples of Handed Land updates. Uh, Trial synthesis will be coming in 5.3, where you have the ability to craft an item without the ingredients. Well, you can test the, the crafting of an item. Yeah, this is pretty much taking those practice materials uh, recipe concept and just expanding it to all recipes at this point. Yep. So you, if you want to see if you have enough um, skill and enough GP or, C, or enough CP to do a five-star item or something like that, you can give it a shot. And if it doesn't all go bad, then you can attempt it without wasting, you know, a couple million gill worth of items. I could also see it being useful for, it's like, test this thing, see how well I can do, see, okay, I could do this with maybe one or two HQ items, or, okay, I can do it with just NQ items at this point. Exactly. Um, searching for recipes using ingredients in your inventory. Oh, my God, I'm looking for. That is the... Thank God. You have an item in your inventory. You can find out what recipes is this item used in. 
By the for way, with like the you, um, yeah. Sorry, can I like just add on to the trial? Oh, sorry, go ahead. Uh, I really don't think it's going to be used much by high-end crafters no. because uh, there's actually a third-party website which will, most crafters already use. Oh yeah. So, yeah, it'd be nice in game, but chances are the people that already send stone using the website that they're using. Well, to be so. fair though, there there. I would think that there's a lot more mid-tier crafters than there are the the high-end crafters. That's true. And, and for my for myself, like I've got a lot of random mid-level materials that sometimes I like to turn into something useful to sell or to get scripts from or whatever. But I'm getting random stuff like from, isn't really worth going to the website and continuing to update this list for every little thing. Yeah, where I mean, so it'll give you an opportunity, you know, that way if you have, let's say, half the things and it's a, maybe a, a more difficult synth, you want to make sure that you can do it before you spend the time and, and efforts to try and get the rest of the items to actually craft the item. Yeah. And, and then like, using the ability to, to search, you know, you can see, okay, I need, I want to be able to make uh, this raid food and I have these ingredients and maybe oh, help you no. see what's missing. No, this is more like, oh, hey, my retainer brought back a weapon. I desynth it. I now have this type of lumber. Huh, what can I actually do with this lumber? And then you do this thing on it, and it tells you, you this lumber is used as an ingredient in these recipes. Well, that's the search can already tell you that, can't it? Nope. Nope. Hmm. This is the addition that we're getting. Okay, I, I, okay. I, I, I get it yeah. now. I thought maybe it, could, it was going to do something else. It's like you had these items in your inventory what things can you make with them so i mean no, it'll do that it'll uh, do that on an individual basis yeah this isn't one fridge <laughs> it, you put, type it. in everything you have in your fridge and it tells you what recipes you can make it's i want what makes wood it's like this weapon this armor this bow this whatever these 17 furnishings this accessory but uh like i i tend to have a lot of little re and sorts of other ventures and things like that, and just being able to go through and see, hey, this is a thing I can use up. Well, you like, know what this what this does for us, though? This gets us one step closer to being able to craft from our retainers. Does it, though? I hope so. I, I can sure dream, can't I? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, see, t t I, I never really talked to the Talas about this, that whole thing, so apparently you agree with me. You want that ability, huh? Okay, so... As somebody that doesn't really do good at the whole sorting process, I would love to be able to say, okay, I want to buy all of the stuff to make this set of armor at level 16 or whatever so that people can go into dungeons and not get murdered. But I don't want to carry this crap around or remember which of my three to five retainers it's on. But if I could say I'm at a, say it's at a crafting station, because there are those crafting stations for housing that like we're sort of helpful like five years ago but aren't really helpful anymore mm -hmm. like you could use like you have to use one of those in housing but you get to craft from retainers that is a super okay process yeah. for me or because you just have to be nearby a, a retainer bell or something like that because that way i have 170 piece inventory times eight plus my own plus a tokobo saddlebag that's a ton of stuff to work with as opposed to Oh, I don't have the four metal whatchamacallits that are only used in four level 52 crafts that I have to make with a sand that I get by killing a snail. And this one, no, that's dumb. I'm going to go buy more of it. And now I have 
400 of this stupid metal thing because I couldn't remember which of my retainers it was in. No, I want to craft out of retainer inventory. That would eliminate that whole process. Mm -hmm. It would slow down and chill out the market on all those little weird items. And we wouldn't have inventories full of random stuff that we just don't use and we don't remember where it's from. We can't track it down anywhere. We sell it. And four weeks later, someone in our FC needs an accessory and we curse up a storm having to go buy a gemstone again. Yeah, I mean, because I mean, don't get me wrong. There are ways that we can manually search to try and find that stuff. Um, But it's not uh, a nice, easy process. It's convoluted. It's convoluted as opposed to use crafting station in housing. It says I can craft this jacket. I craft this jacket. It doesn't matter if it came from three retainers or whatever. It's no, I'm, just done. I mean, I'm I'm not saying that it would be necessarily easy to implement. Oh no, it, it's what pain in the butt. Would it be one hell of an amazing quality of life adjustment? It would be a redesign of the entire crafting inventory. Do you have X flag? Hmm. Yes, flag. No process. It would be a lot of work to do. Is it worth it? Probably not, but it'd be super, super cool. But then we'd all get really used to it. And then when we go to the next game, that's now our standard. <laughs> well, Good luck, I, everybody else. I mean, it just brings up, you know, like gives me an opportunity to bring that back up again, because I know Sarah loves when I talk all about crafting from retainers. Uh. <laughs> um. Speaking of uh, crafting, Ishgard Restoration, uh, the third phase will be coming. Uh, Skybuilder rankings will reopen, and new items that are going to be probably added to DM will count towards uh, your score. You guys seen the new Ishgard housing, by the way? Yeah. Uh, I think our server's up to, we finished the new nest, so I think we're on the next component of things. Uh, was it Tunberry that uh, completed yeah. the entire thing? I don't know. I haven't been paying attention, to be honest with you. There was, like, an yeah. unexpected server that, like, managed to push through ahead of, like, I think even the Japanese servers. Yeah, Tomberry it was, like, some Japanese random server, server on Crystal. Uh-huh. Like, Mateus, or... No, no. It wasn't It wasn't a high-pop server. It was, like, mm. literally some, like, server that we don't think about. Yeah, Tomberry. Was it Tomberry? Okay. I thought, I thought Tomberry was a JP server. Is it? Is a JP server. It was okay. a JP server that did it. Uh, okay. That's right. Tom Barry's JP. Moogle is EU. Yep. But yeah, I haven't There's been really paying much attention to it. I'm honestly not a fan of, of the way that it's uh, laid out. It, it's difficult to get into for me with my schedule. For those you who like it, you have to do great. it on a timetable, right? Yeah, and, and, and the the time that the uh, the concerted works happens is very is random. Um, it can happen you know middle of the day. It can happen middle of the night, and uh, just the fact that uh, not many people had access to get to it in the first iteration of it, and they for the most part kept the uh, the same formula. I'm just kind of well, it's completely it out. fixed for this. Oh, it's it's fixed in the fact that you have to do it on your home server, but yeah. the the general I mean they did that in the middle of the previous um, the the first version. 
I just yeah. don't like the way that that was laid out to begin with. If it didn't require well, a, a time, it would be nice if it if it unlocked an event for individuals to do. So everybody. But the whole point is supposed to be like a um, server-wide thing to do. So mm -hmm. it wouldn't yeah, I mean, work it, doing an individual. You you couldn't <laughs> just go in and do it. If I were to have redesigned it, it would still require you to put in X amount of effort. But if you put in X amount of effort, you would still be able to be rewarded by being able to do some sort of special instance that would allow you to help with the advancement. And then you would then be able to see the change. It wouldn't be a huge fate-like event. That's just my that. thought. You, That's just yeah. my thought behind it because it would it will allow everybody to do it on their time timeline, but it would still require X amount of effort from people in order to get to that point. It would require you. It then, would be very hard for them to have it because the whole point of it was a server achievement. No, I and I understand to be that an individual too. reward. Um, so it'd be very hard for them to do that while also having it being like you, the whole server upgrades at certain points because. The whole point was this, you know, it's like a mini competition in between the servers. So, your idea is good, but it's completely against the whole purpose of the event. Yeah, I understand that. It just, you know, it just seems like it, it, it alienates a certain percentage of the of the people who, you know, they see how it works. It's like that doesn't work for me. I I, I don't understand. And and that's not everything has to be for everybody. That's that's the point, yeah. though. So. I haven't done any of it because most of because I play in North America, so most of the time it's really early for me. Exactly. All right. So, but moving. But I'm on. not complaining. Anyway, moving on. Um, the last bit on that is there will be an upgradable version of Sky Steel Tools. Yep. So we'll be able to continue on that. I have been kind of working on getting items for it. Um, I'll eventually craft the things to get my tools. <laughs> uh, four huh. of my. Crafting tools are done. Three of them are at the I just need to finish the second stage, and I've done two of my gathering tools. Cool. I've just been using it because I needed to spend my yellow script somewhere. They're so pretty. <laughs> and, and like I said, I, I think at a certain point they will be um, better than the current tier, but you know, just behind the highest tier. They'll be this, it's supposedly the equivalent of um, crafted, melded gear by the end of the patch cycle or very it'll be either the same as or very close to i think i don't think it'll be quite as good as a f optimally melded crafted uh, hq item it's at well, least by the end of the patch cycle it wouldn't matter because you're done yeah it'll be like 5.55 that will become equivalent so yeah, yeah. I, I guess the, i can see that the other thing it's a little more okay to do that in this case because you can drop a bunch of money and just have the uh, crafted melded thing right away. True. Yeah. And your crafted melded thing will be done by 5.4. So that means you'll have, what, six months of it being best? Yeah. And by the time it's not best will be when the expansion, a little bit before the expansion drops. So Fair you'd enough. be upgraded anyway because expansion gear. Fair enough. Um... Then some additional things that they listed. We'll go through these really quick. Um, a party of players can join another party via Party Finder. You won't have to drop party if, if there's a group that needs what you have in your current party. You can just 
mixed together, which is kind of nice. Um, That's kind of. I've never encountered it in the need for it myself, but I can see the the, the use behind that. Um, a party or the option to require one player per job will be added. So you, if you want to make sure that you're not getting duplicates. Less uh, of a thing, but I can understand it, I guess. I guess, but like, That's, no, I don't want two machinists. Like, all right, I guess, but whatever. That's for Savage, really. Uh, yeah. I mean, the thing, the thing that that's really going to care about, you don't have to worry about having two scholars or two white mages. Which, which, Unless the white mage is smart. <laughs> we, I was doing, because we were one, it was about a month or so ago, we needed a healer for our Savage group for the night. Um, we blocked off white mage, right? You know what we didn't block off? Condra. Oh. <laughs> oh no. Uh, so, so they came So they entered the, entered the group as a Condra and then switched to white mage. <sighs> I feel like a bit of a dick move there. I'm honestly impressed. <laughs> that takes effort. Okay, they get a, they get a golf clap for me. That's funny yeah. shit. Uh using world visit while in a cross world party. That is a huge quality of life change. One world server. One world server. Well, they're getting to that point. Um, it's but it's more than just that. I mean, there's a lot of interoperability issues that have to be resolved before they can get all of Primal, all of Aether, whatever together. Um, but the fact that we no longer have to drop party when we want to change worlds because we're you know in a uh, say a, a hunt hunt party. And, we, yeah. and, and it switches over to another server. You have to drop party before you can switch worlds right now. Yep. If you drop party, everybody moves worlds, then you pick up your other friends, and then you go hunt again. It's dumb. Yeah. I mean, or you get in a different group, or you don't get a group, or whatever. You can or now just go. And you're stuck. Yeah. Yeah. So that's nice. Uh, new chapters added to New Game Plus. So that'll be nice to see. Um, new token exchange vendors will be added to the major cities, and there's going to be a new parasol menu. Yay. Um, spend a little bit of time on this one, the ARR revamp. They went into some more detail on that. Um, they've removed up to 13% of quests in patches 2.0 through 2.5. Uh, so far as I know, this does not include the Titan stuff, no matter how much people were begging for that. Well, I think, but what they may have done was they streamlined the quest line. Yeah. Also, a lot of stuff that was just, like, go back and forth between these two things. Like, they trimmed down a lot of it. That was just kind of unnecessary yeah. fetchish. Yeah. But what they, yeah, they, they, there were certain ones that they couldn't get rid of because they were, the, the characters involved with them were major players within the storyline. So they, they had to figure out a way to still keep it, yet maybe just make it a little bit easier on the player. Um, they uh, added XP and more gear to certain quests to ensure smooth progression. Um, flying mounts will be compatible with ARR areas once you clear the quest, the ultimate weapon. So once, right. basically once you beat 2.0, you will be able to fly with your mounts. It won't require... There, there was that quest in Heavensward in order to unlock the, the ability to fly. That's going to be gone. Uh, 
amazing. One of the things that came up in the discussion was this was another one that apparently the development team did without Yoshi P telling them to. Which is, it's kind of nice that they I, were able to find the time to do that. I mean, between that and then the Hrothgar and Viera glasses and the like, it's like, I like these guys. I mean, it's it's very possible that, you know, maybe the the way that uh, um, the, the the main development team or group initially thought was required to enable flying in a non-flying area, maybe it's a lot less difficult than anticipated. Who knows? Or they're maybe they're able to make a, a, a change to the... Uh, I mean, it, it's changing... Or maybe they're just crazy bastards who love this game. That too. But they did also specify that there were uh, certain scenery pieces that are no longer able to be climbed due to this change. So they had to make changes to the, the way the world map works. Oh, yeah. There was like a thing... It was in the stuff like a patch or two back where people were noting that there were some changes to how the zones were uh, done, like the skyboxes and things like that. Yep. It's um, like there's a suspicion that this was coming, but... Yep. Uh, some other things that are being added uh, coming in uh, 5.3. Unreal Trials. A new Unreal a, Trials. A new trial difficulty. The primals will be synced to level 80. The first one they're oh adding my God. is Shiva. No. Yes. Nope. They're adding one per patch. And um, when you complete it, it'll give you the ability to play a mini game called the Faux Hollows. And you can do this once per week. Also, it looks like once the uh, next next ones are out, the previous ones are gone. Oh, so yep. it's it's a it's a timed thing. Yeah. Interesting. So if you want the and I'm assuming that the rewards are going to change as they uh, introduce new. Um, the rewards trials? seem to be somehow related to some nonsense or another with Chloe. Oh. I want to say it's going to be Savage equivalent stuff. It's possible. Mm -hmm. Because the upgrade the items are normally from that, from 5.3. So, and this is weekly and it's going to be almost Savage tier. So they talked about Titan being the first one, but they said it was it was probably going to be too hard for the first time real trial. <laughs> It would be perfect, so that's though, wouldn't it? Was. They don't want to scare people off from it immediately. Yeah. Uh, but they did also talk about why and everything was like, you've got these primal fights that bef uh, once upon a time were like very intimidating, expected them and all that. And now it's become a, okay, this is a thing you breeze through. But they want people to be able to kind of enjoy them in their uh, something, not in a, their exact original state because you can't, but something that gave that feel. As opposed to now when we were like, hey, I wonder if I can beat Ifrit with my Astro with no gear on. Like, and yes, you can, actually. It's not that hard. But that's not like somebody was bored. <laughs> uh, yeah. My roommate and I were trying to figure it out at one point. And gotcha. so Bannon and I just sat there and just crushed like all of these like hard mode primals, like healers with no with no gear on. It was fun. Hashtag shelter in place life. Yeah, this was like a year ago. <laughs> yeah. You had nothing to do. So if, if you're looking for a new challenge in-game and want some interesting items, definitely take a look at uh, the Unreal Trials. For sure. Uh, some miscellaneous announcements that they ended the stream with, or this portion of the stream. Um, the free login campaign is going until May 17th. You can get up to eight uh, free days of uh, 
playtime, uh, which starts the minute you sign in. If you have any friends who used to play the game and uh, haven't played in a while, um, basically you just have to not have had an active subscription, I believe, for the past 30 days, and you're eligible to uh, sign in for free for right now, which is kind of nice. Um, uh, there is a bonus episode of the behind-the-scenes Shadowbringers that was released where they are discussing uh, the Yorha Dark Apocalypse quest line and what it was like to... Uh, create that with uh, the uh, makers of the Nier game and oh my god is um, Yoko Taro Yoko. just insane he's the best he was he's actually was extremely adorable in this I, I loved watching this episode um, I mean they had uh, the two of uh, two of them on the couch and then he was sitting behind it holding up a hand with the little face mask thing on it and did you notice how it had like stitches and stuff like that over the one side Mm-hmm. <laughs> <sighs> also, it, it appears that Yoshida has to ply everybody with alcohol in order to get these types of collaborations to uh, go. Alcohol and really good steak. Well, in, in this case, it required steak, too. But uh, if you remember back to the, the whole yokai watch thing, it was just a lot of alcohol at the bar. Yeah. I mean, hey, if you've got a company expense account. Uh, I can think I of so many the- more th- better things that could be. Never mind. Uh, as I say here, drinking alcohol. <laughs> they talked about lots of interesting elements, how they wanted to do something that was more than just your standard collaboration, where it's like, oh, hey, here's a couple like costumes and maybe a neat little item or something like that. They wanted to make it something more interesting than that. Yeah. Uh, they also wanted to, to delete a data center. Yeah. Well, it's either de- make you choose between deleting a data center or getting rid of your 2B costume. <laughs> The, the discussion was hilarious. It was really good. If you have not watched it, please do. It is actually really good. Um, I am genuinely not sure how people would choose if presented with those two options. Well, it depends on what data center. I mean, if if it's uh, um, chaos, psh, burn it. Yeah. I mean, do you get to choose, or will it be like a like a, in the true near spirit of things, where okay, it's, they, they're all put center. on a roll on on a, like a wheel and it's spun? A data center will be deleted, and you have no idea which. Yeah. Um, and then uh, apparently there's going to be a, only 156 more installments to go, like Sarek ruined earlier. It's fine. They, they encouraged us to have a nice long life so that we could see the whole thing. <laughs> that was adorable. <laughs> oh. Uh, the, the sense of humor you get from the, 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 the near team, it was just... It was, it was really good. And, and Yoshida was just playing along with it. And it was just... It was really well done. It was just done in a simple, the two of them sitting on a couch. It was just nice little discussion format, and it worked well. Good times. All right, so that is uh, Live Letter 58. Um, went a little longer than we wanted to initially, but uh, eh, it is what it is. Um, what we really want to talk about, though, is um, a game that came out about uh, about a month ago. Very good timing on when it came out, for that matter. Yeah, it would have been nice if it came out a little earlier, but I understand. Um, Shit happened. Um, But the fact that we were able to get this game and play it during this time um, worked very well. And we are, of course, talking about the Final Fantasy VII Remake. I'm going to uh, give you guys link a couple of different uh, reviews by a couple of amazing sources. One is uh, PlayStation um, uh, Universe, uh, written by a, an amazing writer, uh, 
Tim Noons. The other one is from Gamer Escape. Both of them are spoiler-free, so you, you can uh, feel free to read you know, both of them. If you haven't played the game fully, um, no worries. These both came out before the game was actually released. So if they put spoilers in there, they would have a bunch of angry readers. Um, so yeah, with that, I think everybody in here has played the game at some point, for at, at least is at some point within the game right now. Correct. I know Chili, you've Correct. beaten it. Right. Uh, yeah. Um, Talis is towards the end of the game. Mm-hmm. And Sarah recently just got the game and has, uh, I believe he's somewhere in chapter five. He told us. Um, so he's there still. Sorry, had to grab a, a something to drink. You're but fine. yeah, I just just reached the beginning of chapter five very late last night and decided that was probably a good point to pause for the moment. But you're going. I know you're going to get drawn in a lot more. It, the, the the story oh, yeah. just it's building. It's really good. Um, I really know that the wall market is going to be his favorite place. Yeah, everyone's been telling me about that. Like, I know it's a lot to expect a lot from that, but then there's been lots of other unexpected bits that I've really delighted in. There, there is a lot um, going with this game. The first thing that I noticed when I played it, um, starting with the demo that we got, and then actually getting the full version of the game, is it is very much unlike the original Final Fantasy VII in its gameplay. It is very much an action RPG at this point. Oh, yeah. Uh, along yeah. the very yeah. very similar but not quite the same as Final Fantasy 15. Um I you can tell the D- you can tell things. the DNA's there. Yes. Oh yeah. Shiny um, turd though, realistically. I I don't mind the gameplay. I mean, it took me a little bit of time to get used to, you know, using, you know, real-time input to fight enemies that I'm that I was used to hitting with, you know, an ATB attack and you know going back and forth in the in the old fashioned RPG style. So it took well, a Well, seven used wasn't to. back and forth really because it the the enemies could attack during your turn. No, yeah. it, 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 it That's was classic ATB. Yeah, ATB. Yeah, yeah. It, it the the timer will build up every every enemy and player had a specific timer that that would build up within a certain amount of time based on whatever parameters they had for speed and other modifiers and whosoever's would fill up first would have the opportunity to go yeah um and and they've used that system you know moving forward um in in a lot of their games and then it basically once they hit about 12 things changed quite a bit I guess. Uh, ten was a ten was ten. a straight up turn based. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you're right. Ten was turn based. You're correct. Um, and then well, ten two as well. Remember, ten two was faster. It was ATB, but a lot more faster than. I don't remember that game. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. I, I didn't. There was. A, there was a ten two. What? <laughs> well, you can go watch my playthrough of ten two over at Moogle Go Around Radio as I play through it. Um. Well, of course, eleven was a very different one too because that was the MMO. Um. But then twelve was. Similar to eleven in the fact that all the enemies were on the map, and actually every game forward from that point on, there were no more uh, random encounters. I think. I'm no, trying to remember 13... thirteen. I'm trying to think if thirteen three had any random encounters. I don't remember. I don't think it did. I think it's the enemies so were on the screen. <clears throat> yeah, stuff was on the screen. There might be stuff for like. Attack, it would draw you into quite... a battle, but you could. Right. Yeah. You, you had the ability to go around um, 
where 12, you fought the enemy as it was in front of you. So the, the fight system in 7 Remake actually has a lot of similarities to that. Yeah, mine, I think that's see everybody and just yeah. Mine, mine is the gambit attack. system, I guess. I wish I could attack before they see me and get a bonus for it. That would be nice. Yeah, I mean because yeah, that's the one one of my negative points on it was the fact that you couldn't get like a sneak attack or a um, um anything like that if you were to be behind them. I mean, you, like I feel stuff is fast paced enough as it is. Yeah. But I know early on, some of the fights aren't the easiest, and you can take a lot of damage and require a lot of you know healing potions or uh, curative magic, um, and it can get to be difficult. Uh, you know, as you're getting used to the system. Like I said, if you had the ability to time or you know get a you know a, a sneak attack bonus, I think it would be helpful. J- just a thought, but uh, you know maybe we'll see something of that in the future. Who knows? But because, yeah, every time you... Go ahead. Once you figure out how combat works, like, your initial... Like, as soon as the music changes and your menus pop up, I know I have, um, like, First Strike on Cloud, and, like, I can... I start with an ATB. Yeah. I can throw haste yeah. on my entire party before they actually even turn and start attacking me, and I'm like, I'm three times as fast as you. There's no way in hell... And sure enough, Tifa runs over, uppercuts everything, and it's like, well, you're dead now. Like, Especially if you give her the upgrade way. Turn one, basically. Like, there's nothing you can do. So you can set yourself Especially up to be fast enough. Especially if you give her the upgrade where it gives her an extra uh, upgrade and a weapon. Yeah. Yeah, her special move. Yeah, that's another yep. thing we can talk about is is there there is a weapon upgrade system within Final Fantasy VII Remake. Um, what's really nice about it is every weapon has its own upgrade pool. Yeah. And you, uh, just to expand on that, you get weapons that you get throughout the game. They're not necessarily, okay, you've got this one, it's now better. Each one seems to more lean towards a particular play style. Correct. Yep. There is yep. an all-around weapon. There is a weapon that is meant more for physical damage. There is a weapon that has strong magic ability. There are weapons that are a little more balanced between them, and uh, but uh, don't offer much in a way of defense. There are a few that add more defense, and there are also some that specialize in certain aspects of a player's um, special skill set. I oh, think like each... there's some of Tifa's gloves. Like her Tifa's abilities on her gloves are really, really good, and you want to max them out. But boy, those gloves are a mess as far as like stats and attack value and magic value and defense and materia slots. But, but the it, skills that she gets are bananas if you yes. chain them together well. Also, each one of the weapons has a weapon skill associated with it that you have to um, use in order to learn. Yep. What I mean by that, right. um, when you first get a weapon, the weapon skill is locked to that particular weapon. So if you have it equipped, you can utilize it once you have an ATB charge available. Um, Talas, I see you have to head out. Uh, yep. Appreciate you stopping by. I know life comes in first. Um, so, yeah, work Ed just texted me. Everything went sideways. Uh, final thought oh on Final Fantasy VII Remake. 
I hurt my hand and couldn't play for a little while, which inhibited me from being able to play well. Classic. Basically, you end up watching the game. It's pretty straightforward. If you're interested in playing, but action RPGs are not your jam, Classic is a way to do it. However, it is on the easy difficulty, so there's a lot of stuff you're not actually going to see. But take the time, play through it. The story is good, and overall... As somebody that isn't attached to the story or the characters, I found enough stuff in this game that I'm still 30 plus hours in and I'm not done yet. There's yes. a lot to do if you're willing to look for it. Yep. Have and fun, y'all. Have a good night. We look forward to actually getting more of your opinion uh, when we d come back to this, Talas. Have a great night. Um, but yeah, continuing on, I, I was actually looking forward to getting into a little bit of a discussion with Talas because he has a very different opinion of this game than the rest of us do. <laughs> yeah, I was looking forward to uh, just based on what I've already heard him say. Yeah, so so that's going to have to come up. You know, th this this current review is going to be completely spoiler free or as, as spoiler free as we can potentially possibly make it. There will be some aspects that we may discuss that came from the original game. So being that's 23 years ago, I think we're kind of OK to talk about. But we're going to try and uh, keep a lot of the stuff as, uh, you know, basically so you can experience it. Hopefully get you guys to want to get the game and try it out. With that being said, we were talking about uh, the weapon upgrade system, I believe. Um, yes. And so what the nice thing about it, a lot of games you get, you know, you have a certain point system that you utilize to upgrade your weapons. Um, a lot of times you have to pick and choose what you want to assign it to. And that's always been a thing for me being like, okay, I have a limited resource. I have to assign it to this. Oh gosh, what do I commit? Oh God. And did, I did there about it forever. They did a great job in, in this game because every weapon has its own pool and the, the stats can be reassigned. Yeah. So the uh, reassignment is for a small fee, but it does uh, lead to a thing where say, for instance, I don't have to choose okay, this is the weapon I'm going to focus on and I'll upgrade that. You can upgrade, all of your weapons will be at the same level, upgradable to the same effective point. Yes. But you could be like, okay, this one, my really good defensive weapon. This one I'll update to be my really good physical attack. This yep. one I'll have be really good for when I'm toss oh, fighting against uh, stuff that dodges a lot, stuff like yep. that. The other nice thing about it is within those weapon upgrades, it allows you to add materia slots. So in the original game, um, weapons had set slots and if you wanted more materia slots you had to go to the next weapon and it was kind of your university of the time yeah, okay it, the next weapon is just better it was your it was your progression yep whereas now you can play through the entire game with the buster sword with the uh the gatling gun with the guard stick if you want which given how iconic those are to the look doesn't necessarily seem like that bad a thing. And you're not going to be hindered by the fact that they are level one weapon, so to speak, at the time. They will progress with you as you th go throughout the game, and you can assign new uh, stats to them, bonuses, um, upgrade the amount of material you can stat it, slot into them, and they are actually viable weapons at endgame yeah. when you get towards like the end. Given how many different games I see that appreciate, hey, we want our characters to look good. Hey, you care about the cosmetic thing. Uh, I know Dissidia Final Fantasy Opera Omnia just added a thing 
glamour over weapons yep. for any weapon that that character's mastered. Just because, hey, you want that look. Hey, maybe you want this character to wield their iconic weapon. Yep, I actually did put the uh, Buster Sword on Cloud because of that. Did you put it on Zack as well, though? Um, I don't know if I changed Zack. I think I only changed it for everybody that was 70-70. Let's not talk about my numbers here. <laughs> well, I have, what, but, seven, I think, that are 70-70? And have um, fully fully leveled plus weapons. I know. So I don't anyways. <laughs> I don't spend as much on, on this as you do. Anyway, uh, the, like I should, remember you what should I, go back and put Zach in it, and then you should have the two be next to each other, and then you should feel sad. No, um, that's yeah, probably I, for the best. I remember what I was the what, what actually were we were talking about. We were talking about the weapon skills. Um, so, like I said, every weapon has its own new uh, specific weapon skill. Um, in order to learn it, you have to use it. So, when you build up an ATB, um, you can either use that to perform a specific uh, weapon skill or you can use it to use an item or you can use it to cast a spell. And uh, in order to learn the weapon skill so you can keep it with any weapon that you have, you just utilize it so many times and that grants you the ability to retain it. So it's, it's actually a really so nice system. You can keep, uh, you have this weapon, you have this variety of weapons, and yes, you can choose this one to be the main one you focus on, but by spending a little time with uh, practicing with the others, you can build up this huge array of techniques and various skills to chain and work together. Correct. It, Correct. it reminds me of Fantasy Nines, if I'm honest. Yes, but a lot more streamlined. Yeah. yeah. Be because the nine system, you had to spend a lot of time with that weapon equipped and, or, and, and earn AP on it. And a lot of those skills required a lot of, of AP in order to learn the, the, the skill. Yeah, but and, this is and, also part one, so who knows yeah. what part two and, will bring us. And you also then had to spend uh, points to equip it. Oh, yeah. And you, and you had a limited amount of points to, to equip the skills that you've learned, whereas every the, weapon I, skill the you... the concept is... Yeah, I get, I, I get it. I get it. Yeah. I mean, Taking the concept uh, and then, like improving yeah. it to a thing that feels a lot more usable and if it, it, it feels like a, a natural way to to to, to go through it and it, it forces you to at least give it a try because there are certain weapon skills that are absolutely dominant for you know if you want to be efficient in your playthrough but this makes you actually utilize some of the other skills and and see what their use cases would be because, I mean, I, I rarely use some of them, but uh, I want to make sure to learn them all because, I mean, they can all be effective and it, they don't take very long. I think it's in most cases, it's less than five times to learn it. Sometimes maybe a couple more a little yeah. longer, but so, I've some learned... of the uh, some of the skills I noticed also have a. Uh, refers to a proficiency bonus where if you can pull off certain types of maneuvers like or things like that, you learn the skill faster. Okay, so I, I noticed I, I wouldn't always see that proficiency bonus pop up, but I that, that makes sense. That makes yeah. sense. I'll have to learn into what it actually requires in order to, to get that, but I only have one more weapon skill to learn right now. It's a weapon that I haven't actually acquired yet. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we'll talk about that here in a little bit. Um, so yeah, you, you can... And switching between 
items isn't too bad. My only big gripe about the weapon upgrade system is the interface. It looks pretty. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. It, it's a it very nice. A it it's very slow to get to actually go through. You have to click in there, and then you have to click on the weapon, and then you have to click you your R two to switch between your nodes, and then you have to use your your up and down arrows in order to pick the actual thing you wanted to upgrade, and then you have to back all the way out to get to the next one. Yada yada yada. And it it it, it wasn't pretty. I mean, I I probably spent way too long of time on stream upgrading weapons. If you want to see the playthrough of it, we actually for a little while do have um, um, a little bit, some VODs of my experience. Um, I don't know how much longer they're going to be out there, but if you're interested in seeing what my experience was playing Final Fantasy VII, um, I believe you can check it out on our video on demand at twitch.tv slash phoenix on radio. Um, but with that said, I like overall i like the weapon system um mm-hmm. the uh accessory or no the, the armor bit also i'm not as big a fan of the of the armor it's a lot more limited with the amount with the different types of uh of armor there are but i mean i guess it makes sense you've got either your your tank armor your dps armor or your 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 magic user armor yeah, it feels like uh, that's kind of a consequence of moving away from the just having the standard uh, treadmill of upgrading items throughout the game. Yeah. Uh, like with weapons, it's a lot more e- it's a lot easier to say, "Hey, this is your attack style. This is an attack style that's more focused on this." Yeah. With defensive stuff, like it feels like there's less options there. Well, and there the is fact- kind yeah. of a few things that later on you can get if you're talking about armor and accessories well i mean yeah well with armor i mean basically it that is your standard vertical progression you have your starter armor which you can tell what the better stuff is going to have a little better stats is also going to have more materia slots that's kind of what the original was like yeah but i mean there were there were more options i thought available with armor not really you got to a certain point in the story you bought went and bought all the upgrades and then you got to the next part of the story you bought all your upgrades it no, isn't I mean, until the end yeah. of the game that you've got some options with, like, not even then, the options were only if you wanted to increase your material growth. Really, yeah. the, the, it was always one option. Pretty or the, the, there is also the, you know, at the end game, there was the option where you had nothing with no, basically, like, no material slots, but it would give you, like, other things. You would, like, yeah. everything, you, all your material would be in your weapon, and your, your armor would be, give you, like, status resistances or something. Yeah, but you really only got that near the end. Yeah, or it would be like your your grinding. Wasn't there one that gave you like a huge XP boost, but you couldn't put materia on it or something? Or it, it had no materia growth. That's what it was. Yeah. But yeah. you had a lot of materia slots. Yeah, but no materia growth. And then there was ones that had like a couple of materia slots, but just massive materia growth. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there were two of them, one for Sid and one for Cloud that had two slots, but triple growth. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, we might see more like that, I guess. But I, I mean, the fact that they they built in a weapon upgrade system, it would have been nice to see maybe something similar for the armor, being the the uh, options were limited. Nah. Just a thought. I don't know. Like I said, or it might have been one of the things they yeah. wanted to do, but they had to kind of cut it out because of uh, constraints with development. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Um, yeah. 
and then the last bit of uh, um, equipable um, items you had were your accessories. Um, and accessories are why I feel like part one items will not transfer to part two. You don't think? Oh, well, there, yeah, no. there is, there is the one. It's really hard to get though. Yeah. Um, so, some of that stuff we'll have to see. I would hope that you know certain parts will will transfer over. I don't think anything really will transfer over. I feel like there'll be a story reason why you've lost all your items. And you're not going to be high level because it'd be weird for you to start level 50. I, I don't know. I'd be surprised if nothing transfers over. I feel like you're probably going to get some sort of reward for transferring stuff over, but it, it won't be what you have. You'll get like some sort of reward material. Yeah, I mean, yeah some sort of iron rewards for doing it, but I don't think any any actual equipment will transfer. And it's, it would have to be something that wouldn't be game-breaking, but... Um, yeah. I mean, I, I understand what you're saying, but... Uh, yeah. Because they'd have to think about ways of balancing the game for people that have got all those game-breaking items if they transferred over. Yeah. Versus the people that have just bought it because it's part two. Because there'll still be a load of people that do that. Well, what I've often seen for some of them is there's some standard set of things, but if you transfer yeah. data, you get like some yeah. extra bonus. Now, now, here's a question. Yeah, that's what I'm expecting. Has, has it been confirmed that it's going to actually be a standalone game? I don't know. I thought they announced it as parts, so probably. But parts could also be DLC. Considering the size of each part, chances are they're all going to be... I mean, it's theoretical that it could also be DLC. Or an expansion of the game. Yeah, I mean that I, I, I would think that it's very possible that it could be along the lines of thirteen, thirteen two, thirteen three, where there's separate games, but they all have similar tie-ins to the main story, but they're not. But the difference being, Final Fantasy VII, it's going to actually be a linear progression. So if somebody jumps into se uh, yeah. seven two. They're gonna have missed the entire Midgard well, no. section. No, all, all those games always have a last time on so and so. Yeah, I guess they did, didn't they? I but mean, still. But think think about playing thirteen two when you haven't played thirteen. There's sure, there may be like a brief summary, but it does feel kind of unsatisfying. Yeah. It's kind of a, yeah. if you really want to, you can. It's gonna, some it, people are like that though. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose. I mean. Because I I can I know there are certain things about Final Fantasy VII that a lot of people didn't like. Um, one of the biggest negative things that was said about the game was that it felt like Final Fantasy XIII because it was such a linear yeah. um, uh, corridor simulator. And yeah. yes, it was. They're it was, all linear. It was absolutely linear. But yeah, we had this discussion, and I I had this um, this uh, epiphany earlier before the show. And a lot of other people have the same thought. The Midgar section in Final Fantasy VII, the original, was linear. Yeah, I'm calling the open world being cut as well. Well, I, I have a, a, a strong feeling that in in the part two, the open world part portion will be severely limited. Yes, but I don't think they're going to completely get rid of it. But I mean, like, how much do you actually get out? Like they say, oh, it's an open yeah. world, and yes, technically you could, but you. 
there's still generally this is a spot you need to be heading towards next. This is the bit that progresses. The they story. block off certain areas or access to certain areas for with story reasons, but you can still explore other areas. Um, but in the original seven, there was really nowhere to explore. True. Yeah. Um, you you basically had to go from Midgard to um, that 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 tunnel, and you had to avoid the uh, the Midgard Zolum. Unless you killed it. Oh, like yeah. Me. And go and learn beta. We know. We yeah. know. Yeah, um, yeah. But I mean, I have long felt uh, and held that the biggest sin that 13 uh, did in terms of why people got mad at it was that it didn't try to hide the corridor and instead emphasized it as part of the narrative it was t trying to tell. Well, really, so that, yeah. that, that started... That one being, that uh, one being your goddamn fugitives. Well, the thing is, though, it, it really started with 10. I mean... The mini map had hard borders on it. Yeah. Even yeah. when you got the airship, it was just a here's a list of spots you can go to. Yeah, and which took you to another corridor. So I mean it, it wasn't an original thing. Um But even I mean, granted, yes, you can walk around the map on seven, on eight, on nine, um, but you still until you got further in, in, in the game and unlocked certain things you didn't have access to get to everywhere you wanted to. It wasn't completely open. And even then, really, it, you had no real reason to go to many places because apart from, what, four secret caves, there was nothing to use the airship to go to. Yeah, I mean, the only thing you would do would be you go to certain areas to level up, potentially, or you would look yeah. for specific items, or you would farm for certain uh, things for... You know, upgrading uh, armor or weapons like, or whatever. The point of having the open the open world, as far as I could tell, is to make it feel like, hey, this is a big wide world full of possibility and mm -hmm. whatnot. And yeah. so it's worth thinking about: is that actually necessary to what you're trying to do? And is there another way to give that? Yeah. I feel like they, what they could do is remember the calm in ten. Yeah, they could easily emulate like an open area space. The, the calm between... or cocoon in thirteen. Yeah, just like a Grand, bigger Grand open, not I mean, an open world, but an open area. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I felt like that bit of uh, 13 was where the narrative kind of started to drag and become a bit muddled. And it was once they started yeah. getting back to the pursuit that it be Anyways. Well, it, well I think th that was meant to be. That's why I mentioned be... 10. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I enjoyed uh, Grand Pulse, but yeah. it was, it was more, I think it was more meant to be that uh, that interlude. Where yeah. you can explore other things before you get back into the main again. So. But it kind of felt a little like, hey, stuff. Which, like, if it was intended to be an interlude, sure. But, like, it was a bit that was less enjoyable to me for that reason. And, like I said, everybody is entitled to being wrong. Just kidding. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah. Yeah. F seven. The Midgar section in the original. And the, the version of the game that we have right now. They weren't that much different in, in that aspect of it in the fact that you were directed to go to a specific area. and Oh, hey, now we need to uh, prepare this thing for the next bombing mission. Oh, now you need to escape from the Turks. Yep. It's just you didn't have the hard lines. You had to just, you just moved your character, and it would go, it would walk along those, those sp specifically developed areas on that little JPEG image in the background. It it made more of an effort. 
They they tried to hide it a little bit, but it was still you had you had very specific paths that you could go on. Um, yeah. Versus in this one, you if you had the mini map up, you saw the very def, uh, specifically defined borders of where you could go, which actually was kind of helpful. So it, it gave you an idea of where you actually did need to go, especially in some of the areas that were a little bit more puzzle-like mm-hmm. or, or, or maze-like. So um, so I I didn't mind that that Final Fantasy VII Remake is a, cor- a big corridor game because a lot of the things within that, it gave us more time to just take in the actual um, scenery and the backgrounds and... Um, the artwork that they uh, that they spent so much time creating in, to make this world um, just look like oh a oh my uh, gosh it, 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 it's was, fabulous. I was uh, playing a bit. One of my housemates came by, and so he uh, was curious about it. So I was standing out on the balcony of the apartments and just did a sweep showing around. Okay, that's Midgar. That's the plate up there, and then there's the slums down here. And telling me a little bit about it, and he was. Uh, we started. We got and ended up having an entire conversation about cyberpunk dystopias from that, and it really kind of had that gritty cyberpunk punk feeling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, I mean, they it was, made it look very much like you know we imagined. Yeah, that's one of the things I've been saying a lot is that it doesn't l- look exactly the same as the original, but it gives me the same feelings. Mm-hmm. It, it, or perhaps it looks... like slightly more like nuanced or evolved, developed versions of those feelings. I've heard a lot of other people discussing this game uh, ma- saying this. Uh, it looks the way I remember it. Yep. Because we had to put a lot of, you know, if we go and look at the original graphics for Final Fantasy VII, by today's standards, they were horseshit. But at the time, they were a huge advancement from the the pixels, the the 2D pixels that we had. They went into it very rough, but 3D polygons. And our memories kind of processed that into a more defined and, um, you know, prettier shape. It gave gave us something that our imaginations could go to work on. Correct. And what we remember is what we see now in the remake. Yeah. I mean, it's and, been a good 20 years or so. The people working on the remake are probably also people who grew up with this, who had those experiences, who had their imagination run wild with what it could be, and they get to put all of that into the new one. Yeah, I, I think also a lot of it was, you know, the, it, it looks a lot more like the artwork, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And some of that's just the development of capabilities. Exactly. Now they're able to take the, their, their their initial... Um, thoughts and actually create it in this 3D space. Um, and then Ian in the chat saying there's a, they are able to put in a lot better storytelling. Yes. Mm. With with Final Fantasy VII Remake, this first part that we were given, we get 30, 20, depending on how fast you go, 25 to 40 hours of amazing story. I think I finished around 43. The localization is a, a lot better too. Like not even uh, getting into the adding the the various story elements that they added, just like the localization 
I think the original English localization was done by one person who was working on a very tight deadline. Mm-hmm. Whereas now they had an actual full team for each of the localizations, you know, and they realized that it, it they need, you it, know, the ability to fully flesh it out and not only have it make they, they cared about getting it right. Exactly, not not just a quick translation, but actual, you know, changing some of the nuance, making you know, so it it makes sense to us because a, a, a reference in Japanese doesn't make as much sense when it's uh, translated in English. So they, they use yeah. a similar. We can go type on about the challenges of localization for hours. Exactly. You, would, I'd yeah. love to have a lo- a localization team member on sometime to just to tell us what it's like to 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 do that for a video game. But uh, anyway, that's probably a pipe dream. <laughs> but moving on, <laughs> um, the fact that we were able to get these characters that we remember from Final Fantasy VII, Jesse, Biggs, Wedge, and we get, not only do we get, you know, beautiful renditions of their characters, we get an expansion on their personalities. They're not just members of Avalanche. They are some amazing NPCs. Because, I mean, holy shit, is Jesse thirsty. Well, she was thirsty got, in the first one. But oh when you got a beverage like that in front of you. What? What? You are technically correct. That- Damn right. <laughs> but uh, so definitely the characterization of the minor characters, bringing them up into being more full-fledged actual people. Uh, also... <laughs> Uh, the main characters, like, especially with stuff like Advent Children, we've gone as whole like, okay, Cloud is broody and whatever. And Aerith is, oh, I am pure, pure, uncorruptible pureness. And, uh, like, seeing all the characters start to also, uh, like, bringing them back to a little bit more of their original, hey, Cloud is someone who sometimes uh, is a little bit jokey about things. Or... Well, Cloud was always re- supposed to be do- dorky, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, he's he's supposed to be a little bit awkward. He's yeah. a, from what I've read, he was he's a little bit more childish than everyone else, even though he's for age wise, he's older than Tifa. Not by much, though. Only by one. But supposedly, mentally, he's five years. Is it more like a sixteen-year-old than a twenty-one-year-old because of what happened to him? Which we'll Trauma learn to... more about in, in you know, if you if you yeah. played the game you know a bit about it but I, they're probably going to expound upon it even more in in uh, yeah upcoming trauma gonna remake. trauma yeah yeah um but uh, I mean we 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 get to see there there I don't know if it's considered spoilery but you know when we get to see you know bits of you know what the lives of uh, what uh, Wedge has. And going up to the plates to uh, get pizza. Well, <laughs> kind of get pizza. Yeah. At the fact that we got to explore a little bit, actually, aside from a couple very brief moments, everything took place down in the slums. Here we're getting a little bit more of this is what life, life is like for people on the plate. A little bit more of how Shinra employees feel about it, who are caught in an odd place between, hey, they really believe in the mission and that they're trying to make things better, and at the same time, hey, their employers may be doing some sketchy stuff oh, and yeah. how they're trying to navigate that. Yeah, My favorite new character in the, exp- in the remake, middle management guy. <laughs> oh, that poor guy. <laughs> oh, oh that, that guy on the train? 
Shinra middle manager, yes. <laughs> yeah. The one the one that we have to keep uh, Barrett from beating up? Or is this a different one? Yeah. No, that one. Yeah, that's the one. My favorite character. <laughs> but yeah, everything feels a lot more fleshed out. Even... I don't feel too, uh, since it's talked about early on, the fact that, hey, Avalanche is pulling off terrorist bombings. That they see, uh, in the first uh, chapters, they see the aftermath of the bombing of Macro Reactor 1. And we get to see a lot more of, like, what impact that's having on the people of Midgar. Yeah. And seeing them looking at that and saying, okay, we're going to keep going on this. Like, it makes them a little bit more morally complicated. They're no longer just straight up, okay, these are clearly the good guys. Yeah, I mean, there are people who are, like, Avalanche are a bunch of terrorist assholes. Why aren't they um, in custody yet? Or uh... And and we're shown that, that people are saying that, but that the, it's legit. those people have legit reasons for feeling that way. Yeah, because we are, you know, or because... The, the, these bombings are actually affecting their day-to-day -day life. People you know? are displaced from their home. They've lost their possessions. They're injured. They lose loved ones. Yeah, I mean, the other you fact... You overhear people talking about, like, oh, my God, my friend was working at the reactor. I haven't heard from them. Um, would you guys consider talking about Chapter 1 as a spoiler? Whatever. It's, it's fine. No. Chapter 1 was the demo. Yes, yeah. I know. That's why I'm asking. Yeah, it's if you fine. Think, okay, the reason the reason I ask is because at the very end of chapter one, um, it 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 takes a it diverges a bit from the original story. Um, yeah. In the original game, the bomb creates that explosion. In the remake, the bomb basically goes off like a little firecracker. Like the, it, the damage. Yeah, the I, think the what, I think it did what they wanted. But the damage yeah. that that is done at the end is actually done by Shinra. They use their their machines to actually destroy the core and create that explosion. It's not actually done by Jesse's bomb. Right. But at the same time, uh, there uh, Jesse is confused about what it uh, that it seemed to have more yield than she thought. Yes. Uh, but uh, even with that confusion, they come to the conclusion that, okay, this was something that we did and we're going to keep going on it. Like mm -hmm. there was that change I uh, remember in the demo and I thought it was like, okay, that's interesting. But also, is this going to be an attempt to morally absolve them of the fact that they're eco-terrorists? And I'm glad that they didn't do that with it, that they went ahead and kept them as complex, nuanced people who are trying to do what they think that's best for the world. And maybe that involves creating some corpses. Yeah. But yeah, and then there's all the, just the fact that they're able to expand on then the day to day life in the slums. Um, you know, some of the quests involve just running around and, and helping. There's, what, 26 different side quests that you can do to help other people out within the slums? The, the slums felt a little more like a place where people are living, like scrambling to live and hold on. But it didn't just feel like, OK, this is a set piece backdrop for where we're going to have these plot events. Nope, it's an actual it felt more like living an actual place. place. It, 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 yeah. it, even though it was basically shantytown, it was still beautifully done. And I mean, it, some people live in shanty towns. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, what were your guys' thoughts on? Um, you know, we 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 talked a little bit about combat, um, but you know how they actually executed it was there aren't random mobs running around on the map. 
they're in specific areas. Certain monsters are always found in certain areas. What are your thoughts on how they decided to go about uh, with that? I mean, I've been kind of moving towards the random encounters don't really have a place in modern game design. So I'm okay with that. Don't at me. Yeah. No, that's fair. Or, you know, go ahead and at me. Um, because I, I guess my issue with it is, I mean, the, the respawn time is extremely, uh, it's either reset or, um, you have to go quite a distance on the map in order to, to reset it. I mean, at the same time, I've never really felt like I needed to grind all that much. True. Uh, I, I did spend a little bit of time grinding up, but it was mainly because I wanted to increase, um, material levels or learn weapon skills. Yeah, but for the most part, I've never really felt like I needed to do that. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I, I ended up finishing the game in forty-one hours, and I I maybe did three hours, four hours of grinding. Stuff feels reasonably balanced, such that I don't feel much of a need to do that, which I appreciate. Mm -hmm. I you, you, beat the game and didn't grind at all. So I'm. So. Uh, was it just? I don't know. Maybe just the the way we we did it, it was a little bit different. Yeah. Which, I, mean, I can also I, see the like. I can also see if I'm really close to leveling up. Okay, I kind of want to get the new skill. Yeah, I mean, I tried to get as many of the magic material leveled up. Um, what did you guys think of that uh, that Shinra research kid? I'm creepy, but oh, sorry, ahead, sir. No, that's what I was gonna say. It was creepy. You guys say. <laughs> yeah, I'm intrigued, a little alarmed at how quickly he seemed to jump over to our... Or maybe he didn't jump, but... A, like, he is very cavalier about his attitude towards the employer, and I was like, that's a little weird, kid. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the fact that he's rather young and in the position he's in, that Ooh, maybe is a interns. little... I mean, he can't be more than, what, 14? 15? Midgard doesn't strike me as the type of place that has child labor. Fair enough. But uh, I thought, you know, the, the, the missions we got from him were fun. Um, it, it, it made us explore the, uh, the combat system. I've only had a few from him so far, but it, yeah, it's been something where it's like, okay, I am trying out a couple things on the combat system that I might not have pushed as hard for. At the same time, I don't feel like I have to go out of my way to do them. Or just you like, know, okay, try a couple different elements. Okay, it's in a few different ways. Assess more stuff. Yeah. Like it feels like I, it's pushing me a little beyond the okay, just attack, mash attack mentality, but without being so far that's like okay, now I have to do this weird thing I would never do just for the purpose of clearing it. It feels like it struck the right balance. I would consider what he ha offers as almost like a, a hall of the intermediate. Yeah. Instead of you know not he's not it's not the hall of the beginners. You know, like we haven't we got that in fourteen. Mm -hmm. A lot of people have been clamoring for something that will teach people some intermediate skills. And I think that what he offers in his different missions kind of scratches that itch within the Final Fantasy VII game because yeah. it makes you look at, okay, you need to 
stagger this enemy or do stagger so many enemies and, and do a weapon skill or you need to level up your materia or you need to uh, assess and learn weaknesses of so many different enemies. It, 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 it forces you to expand, like you said, from the mash square and hit triangle and then, you know, do a weapon skill. Yep. So, yeah, that was one of the things going back to a lot of the older FFs, which I love for the like the story I on a lot of them I felt still held up, but then the battles are just like, okay, I'm just mashing attack on everything until I get to the boss and then I'm unleashing all of this uh, all of my resources at once to destroy it in a single smash. Ian in the chat saying it's hope 2.0. And actually he does have kind of remind me a little bit of hope. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit in, in the in the character design. Yeah. Personality's totally different, but um, let's see. What else can we t- talk about here? Um, without getting into spoiler territory, um, what has been the most surprising thing that you have encountered so far in this game, hmm. good or bad? Oh, uh, you go ahead on that, Chile. I need a moment to think. Okay. Um, I like the combat system. I really did. I I liked it. Yeah, I I was uh, kind of in up in the air about it, especially as I was playing the demo. But then we realized yeah. that it it wasn't the actual f- same version that we were going to be getting. So I, I took that with it, you know, as it was. Yeah, and it was the final well improved. One does feel a lot more polished. It it and it, it's not just a copy paste of the Final Fantasy fifteen system either. It actually is uh, um, integrated a lot nicer. It's a lot smoother. It feels the camera controls are just so much better. Uh, I that... guess I dislike the side quests because some of them just did. I did feel like I needed to really do them. Some of them were really good, but some of them just felt like it was filler. A little forced. Yeah. Content just for content's sake. Yeah, I did them all because I enjoyed them a little bit because of the area, mm-hmm. but there was and, also they felt like they weren't needed. And some of them gave you little tidbits of lore, or well, those ones are fine. It's just some of them. I'm I'm I will say that it seems like some of them were put in place to scratch an itch that certain people may have um playing the original. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about especially in the wall market area? Yeah. <laughs> um there are aspects of the game that have been changed. Um Yeah. Uh I'll just throw in for my answer to that question. Uh, some of the stuff in terms of the plot where it feels like there's an interesting mix of, okay, they're kind of just, they're not necessarily, they're like, they're still keeping the main story, but kind of like expanding on it, adding some little mini scenarios or other stuff like that to develop characters, to develop the world. And then there's also stuff that feels like something weird is going on here and i'm not quite sure what's actually a divergence from the story or if anything's a divergence from the story and what if it is like a okay we're still keeping the same beats but like just uh, adding those little extra bits of flavor and i feel kind of pleasantly off balance by it i'm not quite (laughs) sure what to expect what's like for someone who spends as much time as I do reading about different tropes and storytelling and narrative building and analyzing looking at all these things being said a little, just a little bit off balance is actually kind of fun and exciting. I don't quite know what's coming next, and it's interesting. Yeah, I, I will agree with that sentiment. Um, that's probably one of my th- things that I found amazing. I came into this thinking, okay, I, I 
for the most part, remember the story from Midgar and the fact that I knew certain aspects were coming up, but the things that they added within the game ended up, you know, pleasantly surprising me and drawing me into it and, and, and making me enjoy, you know, these, these newer pieces of, um, of storyline that we're getting it, it, that I think how that all tied together and, and made this one cohesive game. Um, I really enjoy that. Um, there are a couple of, I have that itch of there is something really like there's the, Hey, this is the game that I'm familiar with and love and I'm enjoying that. And that's good. But then also there is something slightly strange about all this and I don't know what it is, but I really want to know. Yeah, it, it keeps drawing you in. I mean, it, yeah. they made this game not only for the people who played the game originally, but they made it for a new generation. Mm-hmm. They really did. Um, it's got something for everybody. You don't have to be a Final Fantasy fanboy um, to enjoy Final Fantasy VII Remake. Hey, where think, else are we going to get the new fans from? Yeah, and I think that, that actually says something. It, it says that they... And, but the fact that they did it without fully alienating the original fan base. Well, it's a hard balance to strike. I think they did an amazing job on it. And I, I think we see why a lot of these uh, game reviewers are uh, giving it, you know, eights, nines, and tens. Mm-hmm. It, it's not perfect. I, I don't think that Final Fantasy VII Remake Part 1 is perfect in any way but it is very, very well done for what it is. Yeah. And I mean, so with a lot of the coronavirus stuff going on, I have been often taking the role of like, kind of like emotional support and impromptu therapist and other things like that. And I had not realized just how much I was starting to burn myself out emotionally on that. And this was something that's like, this managed to grab my attention and keep me from going de- through a lot of those thought patterns and loops again. It's like, this was something that gave me a badly needed break. Yes. I mean, and that's, I think, exactly what it was designed for, to make sure people can enjoy yeah. things. Yeah. Like, it managed to hit stuff well enough that I was like, okay, this is something that's, like, drawing me in, as we said a couple times, keeping interested. Like, this is something that's... G- to be interested about yes um very badly needed i can tell you um i know chili for psu tim was the one who actually did the uh the review on this and uh i did reach out to him but unfortunately he was not able to get back to me on joining us for this um just out of curiosity uh what would you have rated uh final fantasy 7 at probably an eight okay so you didn't like it nearly as much as tim (laughs) <laughs> an 8.5 or yeah probably 8 okay what just out of curiosity but I haven't gone I haven't played through hard mode yet so oh god hard mode I just started it no items baby I know oh, it's tough it's very tough uh, Wait, remember to go do what's that sorry hard mode doesn't allow you to have items no items and MP res- MP isn't restored by rest oh wow yeah yeah, I, I'm actually, I, I just started my my playthrough. I got through the uh, initial reactor portion of it pretty easily, but uh, Guard Scorpion is uh, kicking my ass. Do the training thingy-majig first. Okay. You, you mean the, the Shin reactor one? Yeah, that's one? an item. 
Or the, the, the oh, okay. I'm not um, gonna say where. Uh, I think I know what so you're talking about. I, say, I guess yeah. Don't say it on on here, but yeah. I, I, yeah, I, get I, that certain I, item. I think I know what you're talking you. about. Yeah. yeah, I just I wanted to try it just to see what it was like. Give yeah. it a start, um, something to to break it up because the other thing that I've been doing since I beat it is one the last thing I want to talk about is once you beat the game I mean don't feel that you have to explore every single inch of the game right away once the game is beaten you get chapter select mode I think they actually mentioned that on one of the little um but yeah it also you also unlocks... get um double xp and triple ap yep so. so it allows you to level up your materia a little bit faster so you can complete some of those other missions that you might need um, as well as it will then help you with your playthrough of hard mode. So yeah, the, the fact that they allow, and, and some of the uh, um, um, trophies actually require multiple playthroughs. Yeah. So be prepared for that. <laughs> There's one trophy that requires you to get all nine dress-up options. Because there, there are three for Cloud, Three for Tifa and three for for Aerith, and uh, they are all um, gotten by doing specific things throughout the storyline. Yeah, I won't say how, but if you want to find that out, you, it, there are guides on the internet about it. But uh, how you interact through the game will determine, you know, certain portions of of it. So. It's, I think I think that was kind of interesting, and it requires you to kind of go back and you know re-enjoy it again. So yeah, um, Sarah, like I said, your your playthrough currently is incomplete. But if uh, based on what you've seen so far, what would your rating be? Ooh. Um. And I know it it is subject to change because we are going know, to be re revisiting this in I, about a month. Given what I've seen so far, I'd probably put it at a high eight to a nine. Okay. Like, I'm never quite sure what kind of granularity we want on these, and that always starts me on some rants about numeric rating systems in general. But <laughs> I mean, yes, I mean, you, you can put a, a 9 point whatever, or you can even say it as a, out of 100, too. So, whatever. That's just shifting a decimal point! That doesn't help! Well, it gives you more granularity. But I could just say 9 point whatever, and it's the same thing, and you're just moving a decimal point. So? I want to rate it three and a half apples out of a fruit salad of bananas. Ooh, I could totally go for some apples right now. Wait, what? Uh, <laughs> uh, and I would... Sarah's a death cult confirmed. I would say I would probably give it a high 8 to a low 9. Um, so somewhere between an 8.8 .8 and a 9.2. So right around a 9. There, there are certain things that I really, really loved about the game. There are certain things that I know that can be improved. Um that may end up getting improved with patches uh, that might get changed with the next uh, version of the game. So I know that they said they're already a good chunk into developing the next game. So uh, hopefully we don't have to wait another five years. Perhaps at Sony's conference in June. You mean online? <laughs> oh yeah, Sony's, Microsoft and Sony have online conferences planned. Yep, since there is no E3. But uh, yeah, so that's kind of our take on uh, on Final Fantasy VII Remake. Uh, like I said, we do plan on revisiting this and going, maybe talking about some of the story differences. Uh, give everybody an opportunity to kind of play through the game first. We don't want to be 
the the guys that uh, spoil things for everybody without, uh, you know, at least giving you enough time to get through it yourself. Maybe get some discussion with you guys as well to see what you guys think about some of the different story elements that we've been given. So, I the other thing that uh, I kind of discovered this today, thanks to uh, uh, Aya at, at Dancing underscore Fighter, uh, learned that uh, today is Tifa's birthday, uh, May May third. So that's kind of neat. And with that, I also saw that uh, there actually is a uh, wiki page that has a bunch of Final Fantasy character birthdays. I mean, link compiled from all sorts. Of- <laughs> so if you're interested to see if you share a birthday with a Final Fantasy character, you can click on that and uh, and see that. Um, apparently, uh, I share a birthday with Cipher. I'm one day off from Zell, which I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> I'm one day off Queen. Ooh. Cool. Nice. So, yeah, that, that's kind of a neat thing. So I just figured I would throw that out there since it's kind of neat. And also, Aya does amazing um, Tifa cosplay. So. Oh, yeah. Also, go check out our streams on Dancing Fire. So you mean do a good old shout out? It's one word on on Twitch, isn't it? Yeah. Because her uh, her her Twitter is underscore. So. Also, as long as we're sharing interesting tidbits, I want to share a fascinating observation that Spender uh, uh, passed on to me a day or two ago. <laughs> Sorry, he showed yes. us this a little so, earlier in the in before the I show started. I actually have a running tally of how many people I have made angry with this knowledge. It's kind of great. If I make you angry with this knowledge, please write into us and let me know so I can update the tally. Yeah, so just like Pinnybot said, that- podcast at phoenixstarradio.com. Yes. <laughs> or at so phxdn radio. Sorry. So he pointed out that in Final Fantasy VI, the Warring Triad, their powerful godlike and mortals that were caught between their fighting became espers that were forced to fight for the gods, right? So that means that espers are Lassie, right? <laughs> I have one response to that. Da, da, da. Da, 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 da. I, I don't know if my mic will let me pick this up because of RTX voice, but I'm it so is very clapping. slow clapping. Yeah, there you go. Or yeah. You are technically correct. You are technically correct. The best kind of correct. <laughs> so yeah, Espers are just Lassie. Don't <sighs> at me, or you know, at me. It's going to be pretty funny. Hell, and for those that hate it, X2 and 7 share the same universe. Yep. So far, the tally is at six people that have explicitly said they were angry as a result of learning this. But I'm guess- hoping to get that number at least to double digits before the end of the week. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that with that bombshell, it's going to go ahead and do it for this episode. <laughs> Yay. Uh, uh, they gave t- me a cannon stamp. Uh, Why no, I, did they give me a cannon stamp? I, I should say, though, Talas did write in the under prep station, make food from your pantry. Also, oh, I, yeah, I ended up uh, unrelated, uh, but related to that, I did find a guy on YouTube Um uh, Glenn and Friends Cooking, who currently has a series going on about the pandemic pantry or, you know, cooking what's in, in, in the cupboard. Um, so you can look up Glenn and Friends Cooking out on YouTube if you're interested in, in that. He's a interesting gentleman from uh, Canada. 
We won't hold that against him, though. Yeah. <laughs> I continued to make cocktail sauce, and I did a rice cooker steamed egg the, uh, yesterday. That was nice. Well, well, Ian, we, 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 we didn't talk about food really much this episode, so we kind of had to do it at the end, so. Yeah. Anyway. I talk about food. So, it's required. So, like I said, that's going to go ahead and do it for this episode. Um, if you liked what you heard, please make sure to like, subscribe, or follow us on iTunes, um, Google Podcasts, or on uh, um, whatever podcatcher you prefer, I guess. I mean, there are a number of them that we're available on. And if there's one that you use and you don't ha- have access to us on it, let us know so we can maybe get it added. Um, and uh, if it's possible... Leave us a like and a review. Um, it helps us know what you guys think, and it actually helps other people find our podcast as well. The more likes we get, um, the higher up we go in the algorithm, yada, yada, yada. Math. <laughs> Always the algorithm. Yep. And if you really dig the show, you could consider subscribing here at uh, twitch.tv slash phoenixdownradio. Um, especially if you have an Amazon Prime subscription, you are entitled to one free Twitch subscription every month. Um, and you can go ahead and use that on your favorite subscriber or your favorite streamer. Um, just remember that you do need to renew that manually every month. So you, you can use that opportunity to spread the love around if you want to, or you can just keep, keep coming back to us and uh, and get access to some amazing uh, emotes and uh, things like that. Or if you want, you can be like our amazing friend Aurora Fenrir and support us out at patreon.com slash phoenixdownradio. Um, all the proceeds we get for that go towards uh, covering things like uh, hosting costs, help us to grow the show, and uh, let us do some really fun things. Um, but any kind of support, whether it's emails, likes, tweets, or retweets, subs, uh, all of that, all very helpful. Um, if you want to go check out our, our backlog of podcasts, uh, you can go check us out at uh, phoenixdownradio.com. You can email us podcast at phoenixdownradio.com. And you can hit us up on Twitter at PHXDNRadio. Um, we do technically still have a contest open, guys. Um, we're still waiting for people to respond to it. Uh, the hashtag PhoenixDownPickMeUp uh, contest. Uh, tweet to us at PHXDNRadio with that hashtag uh, PhoenixDownPickMeUp with a story of you encountering somebody helping somebody else out during these troubled times. Like I said, it can be you helping somebody else out. It can be somebody else helping you out or something that you saw in the community um, in Final Fantasy fourteen, in real life, whatever you want to share. Um, we're going to then uh, take the entrance from that and we're going to draw and uh, give away an amazing Phoenix Down keychains uh, that, that I got from Loot Cave. So... Um, we want to share this with you guys. So I really do uh, hope that we can hear your stories um, because we all need a little bit of positivity in our lives right now. And reading your stories, I think, would be a great step to helping us, you know, get through this times together. Mm-hmm. Um, shout outs. Um, Chili, since you are our guest this week, why don't you go ahead and start? Uh, I'd like to shout most of Radio Shields. I tend to gather together Phoenix Down, Phoenix Down Radio, Music Cars, XIV, and we'll go around Radio. Um, I might as well t- do a bit slower Moogle go around radio because I plan to do a Animal Crossing event on Tuesday but uh, 9pm BST I've got so much money in Animal Crossing now that what I've done is I've covered my island in money um, I'm going to invite people onto my island in the stream 
and then you'll have a chance to you've got 30 seconds to run around the island to pick up money there's bags of 10,000 and there's up to bags of 99,000 I have 32 million bells in my bank account though. that is an absurd number of bells yeah I'm rich but are you rich in human spirit? I'm giving away money, so would that? No, oh, guys. Okay, yeah. Yep, if you, one good. of you want, takes advantage of that, you can use that story, and 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 tweet at us. That, you know that you got a whole bunch of money from Chile and Animal Crossing, and the fact that he gave it away really lifted your spirits. Hashtag Phoenix down, pick me up. Oh, so remember, if you have me as best friends, <laughs> I randomly send people hundred k every day. It's Chili's. <laughs> Hundred day, you just send them a, day giveaway. I think you just send them a message saying random money and then put money on it. <laughs> <sighs> and and how can they follow you or if they want to, you know, stalk you on on the Twitters or wherever? Uh, you can stalk me at MG underscore Chili. You can turn up stalk me. Huh? Uh, MG underscore Chili. Yeah. Yeah. Sarah? Uh, so shout out to Emmy and Ali. Emmy from uh, Musecast and uh, I don't know if that's Ali doing uh, who just had their uh, fifth anniversary ceremony of bonding uh, anniversary renewal uh, today. Congratulations to the happy couple. They did a uh, parade uh, from the Sanctum of the Twelve all the way to Mordona. Uh, looking it proves next year when flying mounts become available. Uh, also, shout out to uh, all the various folks on Discord servers that uh, have helped keep my spirits up during this time. A uh, special shout out to Obsidian Fire on the Gamer Escape server, who helped me figure out the party setup uh, for FF12 that I've been wanting to use for ages. I've been dithering on that so much, and she really just had a good handle on what sorts of things I was looking for and was able to lay it out really clearly. So thank you for that. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at FF14SER. That's F-F-X-I-V-S-E-Y-R-R. -R. Uh, you can also uh, contact me through the uh, Phoenix Down website. I think Sarah at phoenixdownradio.com will direct to me. Yes. And you can also uh, also on our Discord, which I do monitor pretty much all the time. Yep. So jump on Discord or Twitter. Those are probably the best ways to get a hold of any of us. Um, and I, of course, want to shout out uh, Chili. Thank you so much for being our guest tonight. It was great to have you back Thank on you. the show. To that guy who uh, was happy not having you on the show. Ha, F off. <laughs> we Come like back. Chili. Um, we no, like Chili. Chili sleeps soon. Yes, Chili needs to go to bed soon. Uh, shout out to <laughs> Sarah. Uh, thank you so much again for being here. Shout out to Talas. Um, thank you for sticking around for as long as you could. Um, like I said, real life stuff requires real life action and he had to do what he had to do definitely appreciate that shout out to everybody who's been stopping by when we do the twitch sing streams lately i've been having so much fun in the parties shout out to the people that i've been singing with in those parties as well we've gotten a few uh new follows from that um a couple subs even so shout out to you guys for stopping by i really do appreciate uh being able to share our love for final fantasy with you guys you know through the uh the, 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 the magic of music. If you haven't stopped by and checked out those streams, I do strongly encourage you to do so. I'm utilizing that as an opportunity 
to help raise funds for our Extra Life campaign. If you catch me on uh, Twitch Sings and you give a, a donation to Extra Life and give me a uh, song to sing, I'll sing it for you. Regardless of what it is, as long as it's in Twitch Sings, I'll sing it. No matter how bad, how cringy, whatever, I'll sing it for you. Where's my Taylor Swift catalog? It's There's some in there. But yeah, I figured that's a, a, be a, a good way to, you know, where you can A, embarrass Klaus, and B, uh, donate to an amazing cause. So, with that being said, for my co-hosts, uh, Sarah and Talas, for our guest, Chili, I am Klaus Nightbringer, wishing everybody a wonderful evening. Thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you on the next one. Take care. Praise Lava Scorpion. <laughs> Phoenix Down Radio is a production of PhoenixDownRadio.com and Illusion Productions. Final Fantasy XIV and Eorzea are trademarks of Square Enix. In-game content for Phoenix Down Radio is a copyright of Square Enix. Open to music for Phoenix Down Radio is provided by Guilty Gear Rocky. Check out the Metal Chocobo theme cover and many other music videos at YouTube.com slash Guilty Gear Rocky. Closing music for this episode is provided by GuitarWanker90. Please check out their full version of Matoya's Cave and other rock video game covers at YouTube.com slash GuitarWanker90. The views and opinions expressed in this episode are those of Phoenix Down Radio and its hosts and do not reflect the views of Square Enix.